We're just gonna sound a little bit quiet if it's if it's gonna be that far should, away. Should we bring you closer? Yeah, actually, if you could move around under this side. Oh, we there all, we go. We can all <laughs> converge <laughs> around it. There we go. Okay, I think we finally got it here, guys. It's uh oh, the smaller craters. They did, uh, oh man, we should totally take a selfie. Oh god, Bennett is on the show that um, <laughs> Alan Miles created. This. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Are you ladies picking out your shit already? Yeah, we're just like. <laughs> Today's scene in Nerd 1050. <laughs> we're all huddling around this small microphone as if it was the first fire. Movies, TV, Blu rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, it is our 50th episode. One five, I mean five zero. <laughs> yeah, it gets a nice little woo. Uh, five to the zero and dot. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Uh, alongside, literally, <laughs> with me is Mr. I'm Salzy. We're rubbing elbows. How's it going, guys? Oh, and Mr. Uh, Casey Franco. Hello. This is actually my fantasy. So <laughs> jokes on you guys. <laughs> hey, why don't you explain the? The predicament that so, I can't even make um, contact with you right now. No, so just real quickly before I introduce uh, who's on with us today. Uh, so being that, being that it's our 50th episode, what we really want to do is record together in the same room because we haven't done that since we were back in the uh, – when we were a part of the Geek Speak show and, and we were in their studio and we recorded. So it's been a long time. You know, we've enjoyed doing the Skype thing and it's really worked out, but we really wanted to come together because that's when we felt like we always had a lot of fun was when we were all in a, a big group and we could really feed off each other. Well, so, <clears throat> what? Well, no. Well, <laughs> so, we didn't plan this out correctly. <laughs> And by by that I mean we didn't plan it out at all. Yeah, that's the we just, statement <laughs> of the century. We did not have a plan. We totally we just it's it's not it's going as well as it can, and and we're gonna do our best, and and hopefully it sounds good when we put it out. We'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll really see. The last time we attempted something similar to this, uh, it became a lost episode. So um, we really didn't want that to happen for our fiftieth. So. Um, all right, so just uh, that we just wanted to preface with that, but now I'm and by get it. by lost episode, you mean that it got lost on an island with a smoke monster, and Oliver Queen showed up. That's exactly right, actually. And then a blonde IT girl showed out of nowhere. She's like, "Hey, let's <laughs> hey, she didn't show up out of nowhere. She jumped off a plane. There's a distinction." Oh my god! Yeah, but she still ruined the show. So. Okay. And I heard the show escalating quickly. All right, all right, all right, everybody. So as you heard, we have a couple people on that you, I'm sure you've heard on here before, and we enjoy having them on. We have Miss Amy Marie. Welcome hey there. And it's it's always uh, good to have you on the show. And Mr. Andy B. Uh, both of them of the Flash Podcast. Welcome, Andy. Hey, it's it's a pretty good day today. Just so you know. It is, it is a pretty good day. It's a pretty monumentous occasion. Uh, yeah. Matt and I have an announcement to make. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. 
<laughs> I, can, I can marry wherever I want now in the state. I feel so blessed. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Woo. Go that, Supreme Court. That big ruling came down this morning. Supreme Court. Oh, uh, it take, took about 50 years. But, this, you know, this week, better late than never, I guess. This week is the shittiest week to be like an old, angry white guy. <laughs> this is, if you're like an old Confederate general, this is your worst <laughs> week in the history of the United States. And there goes our our South Carolina uh, listeners. There goes um, our Southern General audience. <laughs> Damn it, gonna lose, <laughs> gonna lose that Southern General populace. There goes our three listeners. Uh, <laughs> They're in complete uniform right now. What I say, I say. I have no idea what just happened. Seen it there, boys. I got too far this time. Oh, oh boys! Oh, man. oh boy! Okay, okay, okay. The okay. Boys sure got themselves into a pickle this time. How to get? How to get our? <laughs> We're actually oh, frozen midair right now. In the Dukes of Hazard mobile. Oh what the boy! Fuck is going oh, on, nothing. Man? Nothing's going on. It's well, it's just craziness. It's it's us going off the rails like we always do. So, uh, let's let's get back on track though. <laughs> what our show is. Matt's like, I'm done. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to kick things off like we always do with Matt's redactions, and he's got a little something added for you guys this week. Wait, can you do like a future redaction? Like I redact what we just said. (laughs) (laughs) The the redaction after we redact. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think. So along with the last uh, 10 minutes of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even been recording for 10 minutes. I'll have you know. Wait, we're recording? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. So uh no redactions from the last week. I just wanted to add on some stuff from Jurassic World. Uh your guys' talk. Um I love how you uh mentioned that they had the line where this is why we have dinosaurs that don't look real because oh. uh, they uh, gener- uh they wanted more teeth or whatever they said. But uh I wanted to add that you guys failed to mention that Chris Pratt, he's the new Harrison Ford. Oh, because <laughs> he was he was wearing a vest and he was just being a complete badass the whole time. Uh, do, wait, you guys, guys did not bring this up. I mentioned how like this was the first role. He pretty much played it straight badass. Like he had little funny lines here and there, but he was a straight badass in the role. I didn't I didn't make the connection to Harrison Ford like Matt did. But he was Indiana Jones the entire movie. He was a, <laughs> he, was a he was a dinosaur training Indiana Jones. Like I literally walked out and that was my first thought was, oh my gosh, he needs to be Indiana Jones. And I wasn't the only one because I kind of said that out loud and the guys behind me were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. He kind of was in this movie already. And I was like, perfect. Great. Now people think I'm talking to myself. <laughs> what, you were talking to us? So I was talking to my brother, but he was not in the general vicinity. So I was like talking to him, but I wasn't actually directing the conversation at him. And so it just kind of became a universal conversation. You know, like that, 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 that little bottleneck when you're trying to get out of the theater, like you go down oh, and then yeah, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So basically everybody in that hallway where we're waiting to deposit our 3D glasses into the appropriate recycled receptacles, we, uh, we got into a conversation about how home. Chris Pratt really should be Indiana Jones on a dinosaur. That, that well, would have made more sense, I, though. Um, maybe not on talking to yourself. What? I think that he's definitely going to be Indiana, jo- Indiana Jones, but he's probably not going to be in a dinosaur. But uh, I, I think that I think he's like already oh, signed a contract, just like waiting for Comic Con to be like, boom, we're doing this. Yeah, that's a good possibility. That um, no, I was going to say, Amy, that that whole talking to yourself would have made sense if you came out of the movie Inside Out, because then you would have been okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that of the yet. Movie Inside Out. You haven't seen that yet, actually. 
speaking of that, I do have a quick review on that. I saw it this past week, and Ooh. it is amazing. That's what I've heard. S- such a good movie, and it, it, it gives you all the feels. I know now, it'll, it'll yeah. hit Casey for sure. Yeah, see, so you say that. I'm not a big feeling person. I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> I don't like to feel things. Oh, um, man. Am I going to enjoy this movie? Yes. There, there's a moment. And see, that's the, the really cool thing is uh, about this Pixar movie. It's, it's you know, because in the past they've done like toys having feelings, uh, cars having feelings. Fish having feelings. Fish having planes feelings. Planes having feelings. Planes having feelings. Now, now it's having feelings. <laughs> I now, could go on. I could go on. <laughs> well, now it's fe- it's feelings having, having feelings, and it's a very a very very interesting concept. Feelings and there's there's one mo- moment in the movie I won't I won't give it away, but it's just it's it's such a touching moment, and it's something that that moves the story along and the characters along, and you're just so brought in by this character that comes in for a very brief moment, and, and it's just I. I don't want to give anything away because because it's it's so so good, um, but it's. I heard. It's, uh, I heard someone describe it. They they're like you know the first nine minutes of Up where you you go through this emotional roller coaster and you cry and you sob and you're like how am I going to get through the rest of the movie? That's the entirety yeah. of the In and Out movie. I, I, I would say In and Out. I would totally. Which one was Up now again? Was that a, the Pixar movie? Or was it that the one with the freaky clown? That's it. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. That's why I asked. No, uh, no. Up is the one with the old man who has the has brood. feelings. <laughs> who has feelings. feelings. <laughs> Even old men have feelings. Um, no, but uh, uh, it's no. I totally agree with you, Amy. Like I would agree with that statement. Like that is the entire movie, and each of the characters all all add their own little uh, or the the uh, the actors who who play these these characters do a great job of each of their the different feelings um i thought lewis black was hilarious as, as appropriately casted as amazing anger um uh what was it bill haters like bill haters uh fear i believe fear that's what it fear is, i yeah. believe yeah yeah and uh, but you know each of them are all good amy poehler Minnie Colleen. um and then i can't remember her last name but if you ever watched the office phyllis uh she is uh phyllis, phyllis uh it's a funny name <laughs> Phyllis. Phyllis. Uh, no, uh, she plays no, um, no sadness. There's no vowels in it. <laughs> yeah, so she plays sadness, but uh, and she does like a really good job. Like they all, like I said, they all do a really, really good job with each of their the the feeling characters, I guess you would call them. But yeah, uh, an amazing movie. I definitely think you guys should go check it out. Um, if, her name is if, I believe it's actually based off of real neuroscience. When I was I was listening to a, a radio broadcast, and I guess what happened is that the the creator, uh, you know, the person behind the movie, he had uh, a niece who he was really close with until she turned about fourteen, and suddenly, just overnight, she was not interested in being with him. She thought she blamed him for a lot of things. She turns into, you know, that kind of overly emotional teenager. And so he went to all of these cognitive scientists and tried to understand why that happened and what's going on. And then what he learned developed into this movie. And so everything you see is based off of real neuroscience and real cognitive science and psychology. So it's actually you know when you when you see it it's more than just kind of an experience you know an, an entertaining story it's actually a really good glimpse into some of the things that goes on inside our brains especially the brains of the people who you know sometimes we have a lot of trouble understanding cuz i mean my little brother was the same way only he could did kind of the opposite he went from being kind of like a 
really, really just kind of unapproachable and not out and, and kind of not socially awkward, but he just wasn't what I don't know. It, I don't even know how to describe it. He went from being kind of just not really approachable to all of a sudden he, when he, he hit puberty, he became completely approachable and like a different person. And so it's really interesting to see how they actually put that to life and how everything that you see really is real science. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Inter- actually. That's the most interesting thing I've ever heard about someone ever saying something about s- someone hitting puberty and then becoming approachable. I felt like, <laughs> yeah. isn't that weird when we're not really that easy to approach? It's like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I was I was a total bitch when I hit my puberty. <laughs> although it was, yeah, no, it was. I it, it was just so funny how you described it, Amy. That's I'm, I think I'm it was. I think it was the the concept of growing up for him. Things kind of hit home as he got older. Um, it was just kind of he he felt more adult, and then so he kind of took on some more of the uh, personality traits that we as adults sometimes don't develop until you know much later. Yeah, it's it's really interesting you uh, you say all that actually because it, it really does make sense. And and the really cool thing too about that is 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 how the the feelings play such a huge role as they should because you know on the surface you may just see someone going through puberty or whatever and and they they change overnight from one person to another um and it's more than just that and and the feelings in the movie are in charge of like you know uh memories of growing up as a baby um you know growing up just in this whole um like, you know, three or four years old, as early as they can remember up until they're like 12, 13 years old. And, and they're really in charge of, of controlling these memories and making sure the person stays who they are. And then also trying to kind of kind of keep those memories, but then move the person forward onto the next phase of their life. And it's, it's, it's just a really cool concept and how, uh, and, and, and how they executed it was just such a very good job, and I think that's what I loved about it the most. And and, and like you said, Amy, like uh, describing everything you did, like I said, totally made sense. And, and it just makes you look at at um, people going through their different growth spurts in life differently. And I thought that was really cool. I'm surprised they didn't include a uh, like a sexual frustration, right? <laughs> well, it was a kids but, movie, sir, right? <laughs> I thought it was a coming of age movie. <laughs> well, not that coming of age movie. All oh, right. <laughs> Oh man! All right, so so like I said, Inside Out, amazing. Go see it as soon as you can, and uh, you probably should because uh, the next couple of movies I'm going to tell you about the new ones coming out are, aren't really much to write home about. Oh, I had, um, a, re- I had a redaction. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. What's that? Uh, Hashtag no redaction. Uh, <laughs> redactions are over. I didn't even say the line, but they're over, Casey. Damn it! All right, that's fine. All right, all right. So um, new- I said Bran was blind, man. I said Bran was blind in Game of Thrones. Super he's not, not blind. He's paralyzed. He is not blind. He is paralyzed. My bad. Casey really now wanted to get that open. out. It's all right. All right. A real weight off your shoulders there. I feel so much better. I feel as though uh, <gasps> I've been cured of blindness. Hey, what happened? <laughs> what happened? No, I'm sorry. I um, they're 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 slowly. There's going to be a lot of breaking news in this episode because they're like releasing all kinds of Comic Con stuff. But they just released one of the outdoor activities, what? and the Scream Queen is bringing Ooh, like one of those dropping things, like the one that's in the air and it drops you 120 feet. <laughs> oh my goodness! Is it is, upside down? No, it's it's like jumping? it's like the 
no, it's not bungee jumping. You like sit in it and it drops you 120 feet and then it gets you. It says it captures a shareable social media at the same time. That's breaking news. Wow. That's terrible grammar. Speaking of breaking news, Sleepy Hollow will not be going to Comic-Con as originally planned. Hmm. The Secret Warriors are coming to Ace of Shields, Ace of Shields, Ace of Shield season three and will be teased at San Diego Comic-Con. Cool. All right, well, feel free to drop <laughs> them! Whoa. <laughs> My right ear is on fire. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> or not, not, not the point that you were going to... Oh, never mind. Oh, boy. Um, all right. So feel free to let us know if there's any more breaking news during the episode because uh, we're a couple weeks out of, of Comic-Con. So um, In your inside voice, please. <laughs> um, all right. So voice, back to the new movies coming out. Like I said, there's not much here. Uh, they pretty much just uh, name some movies after people and then throw them up on screen. Ted 2 is sitting Ted at 44%. <laughs> And Max is at, Max coming? Oh yeah, okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> Max is at forty one percent. I don't get the joke, but okay. It's a dog Max. Is Mad Max the dog? No, it's just a movie called Max. He's got a muddle, he's got a muzzle on it. That, that's oh, that's just that's that's that only makes me cry. I'm like, I don't want to see it. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, those two are out. Like I said, go watch Inside so Out. So is Max is Max like the Warhorse movie only in dog form? No, because the Warhorse well, is I a believe, horse. Did he, in did he just say dog? Max form? is an after war. Oh, no. Max is an after war dog. Yeah, brothers, uh, uh, Firestorm's dog <laughs> was passed on to his brother. Right? Oh, okay. It's Firestorm, okay. right? I think he so. Or is it? It's not him. Oh, it's not him. Amy said it's not. It's not him, but it looks an awful lot like him. Oh no way! What? So it's not I Robbie Amell. Not, uh, Max, Rocky mm-hmm. Amell? Who's Rocky Amell? No. <laughs> not Rocky. Rob, Rob, Robbie Amell. Wait, wait, I went, just went to IMDb and it says Robbie Amell's in the f- film. It is? Oh. Yeah. I, sorry, I, for some reason, I when I had looked it up, I thought, okay, never mind, yeah. sorry. <laughs> you just uh, moved jet lag, it's fine. <laughs> All right, so those are coming out uh, in the theater today. Uh, on Blu-ray, we got a couple that I've actually never even heard of, Timbuktu and Survivor. Um, they actually sound like canceled CBS shows. Is that so. actually how you spell Timbuktu? I don't know. I, you know, I took that off Flickster, so Timbu- I'm not sure. Timbuktu. Timbuk- I don't Timbuk- know. That sounds like some weird... You should try it Tim- one more time, Casey. Tim- Look, Timbuktu. 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 No, it's Timbuktu. It's the way he's, he, he's making fun of the way it I spelled it. it. No, I, <laughs> I don't think that's how you <laughs> That looks like it's spelled as some weird, like, genre of porn. <laughs> that does not look like the name of a city. Okay, you, this is like the fifth time you said the word porn. It, like, is it? Is it? Are, are you, are doing, you, it, are doing, you doing it subconsciously? Dog porn, then no. you said porn again. I not heard <laughs> dog porn. <laughs> You, you are said- the first person to mention dog porn on the podcast today. today oh, just, just roll the tape and you will hear us. I've been guilty of it showing Me this and time. Peter both showing Casey. Shit, it is Timbuktu. Timbuktu. All right. I stand corrected. I still want to see some Timbuktu porn at some point. On our 50th though. episode, revealing a new segment. I stand We're already shoulder to shoulder, man. We're like one click away from it. Oh, my God. All I know is that uh, Pierce Brosnan's in it because I saw him on the cover. So I'll probably watch it. So you'll you'll probably watch it. You'll probably watch it. Um, All right. (laughs) So. (laughs) 
Oh man! I, I have w- no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> we I wonder. We don't either. I it, wonder if anyone's at this point. People have shut the podcast oh, down and are not listening oh, to this. Um. All right. So uh, now we're going to get on to Casey's rundown. Oh yeah! It's time for the entertainment with actual sound effects. <laughs> Speaking of porn, hey, oh, yeah. hey, Z said it again. I only, I, I only have one bit of news today, and that is that Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May are coming back to television. Woo! Kind of, kind of internet television. Woo! They're going to be on a Netflix series that hasn't had its. Official announcement yet, but they've confirmed that it's coming. Yes. So, uh, Take that, BBC. Stay tuned, bitches. Can't shut them down. Oh, radio. Um, and the only thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Spider-Man got released. I mean, released. Oh, yeah, uh, got, yeah. it, it was, got did announced. it? Was it good? Did you like it? Was it a good film? It wasn't the person that we definitely said it. Well, that I definitely said it was going to be. So let's just redact that right now. <laughs> it's it not that one. Uh, well, to be fair, you didn't report that. So you were just... You were just uh, retelling everybody what right, already right, knew. Right. Um, but uh, his name's Tom Holland. He was announced as the new Spider-Man, and it's already been announced that he will be showing up in Captain America: Civil War. So, uh, I believe when I was reading that news yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, but um, it was Tuesday. He, was it Tuesday? Okay, so yeah. he was on his way apparently to the set of uh, Civil War as that was all being reported. So. They're not wasting any time getting him all set up as the new Peter Parker. Um, anyone have thoughts? Amy, what do you think of uh, the casting and um, how he'll be as the third Spider-Man? Um, I, I don't have an opinion. Um, I tended, just because of all the craziness that's gone on with Spider-Man and all of the the casting and people wanting to be upset about things, people finding something to be angry about and the, and half the internet being excited, half the internet not. And it's just, it was a little exhausting for me. So I just stepped back. I'm going to see what rolls out. I'm, I'm kind of at the point with Spider-Man that I, I've not lost hope, but I've become disinterested. And so I need something to bring me back in. And until I see footage that blows my mind. Spider-Man's never been like a huge, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not not a fan of him, but he's never been a character that I've inherently gra- gravitated towards, uh, unlike some of the other Marvel characters. So I, I, I don't have an opinion. Um, I okay. will wait until we see footage or we see something that really blows my mind. Um, but yeah. so, so far I'm just, I'm just kind of disinterested at the point at this point. Okay. That's fair. Andy, uh, are you familiar with Tom Holland or anything he's done in the past? Um, yeah, I was. I, I used to be his. Uh, I used to be his babysitter. Um, he was. He was pretty naughty. He was actually a DC boy, so it was kind of odd to. Uh, no, no, no. I have no. I have. I have no shit about who this guy is. Um, I. It's kind. Of, it's actually kind of funny because I was recording the Flash podcast with um, Adam and a special guest, Amy Radcliffe, this Tuesday, and it was like towards the end of the podcast, and like I'm looking on Twitter in the news break. I'm like, I want to say something, but like, there's no, there's no reason for me to bring up Spider on the Flash podcast. So like, by the time I start recording, I. I say, hey guys, but then both Adam and Amy said at the same time, Spider-Man got cast. I'm like, oh, so you were looking too. So we were like, <laughs> we have no, I have no, everyone was like, I have no idea who this is. I haven't, I don't even, I don't even know the director either. So, so it's like, I will say this. I'm glad that this, this casting like nightmare is over because for the past 
two, three weeks, we've been seeing like, well, these six actors are up for the role. Now these two are not up for the role. But in, but in fact, one of these actors is actually up for the role, and these other five were never up for the role at all. So it's been back and forth, back and forth. Then there was the whole bullshit about like Marvel and Sony. They their casting and description got leaked for Spider Man from the Sony hacks or whatever, where they said that he they don't want him to be gay or you know non-white or whatever, and it was. Uh, it kind of maybe just like oh just you know you know wake me up when he's been cast and then you know but I'm just glad it's been it's it's done it's you know he's been cast we're done we can now move forward to the next step uh, I'm sure he's going to be great you know so far most of these leading actors in the cinematic universe of Marvel has been pretty good I I can't really think of one where I'm like ah, he should he or she should have been recasted um, like I I felt like that about Jeremy Renner after the first Avengers movie but then seeing H Volt I'm like yeah I, he's fine he's good he's good hey Stephen Amell your Oliver Queen should probably take some notes. From, uh, Hawkeye because he's actually <laughs> funny, but uh, but then so so I, I'm sure he's gonna be great. I'm glad they're stick you know that they found someone you know he's he's 19 years old but he is you know he looks like he's 15 16 years old so they can build a franchise around him like you know for a couple of years at least because you know now that they have Spider-Man back you know they want to you know they want to milk the cow out of that so they want to get as much cash as they can and um, so it, it's good age wise and you know he's um up and coming actor so I think that's I think that's pretty solid and um. I am, um, you know, even though this director is, you know, no one we know at this point. Um, remember, Mark Webb wasn't really someone we knew either. So I don't know. I saw some people be like, you know, oh my God, they gave the Spider-Man franchise to some nobody. I'm like, well, you know, Mark Webb had only done like one film before it, so you know, it's and that's what's it's happening all the time. We're, we're seeing new talent becoming big names by getting these big franchises. So you know, I'm. I'm just excited to see how much he will be in Civil War, and then see what their, you know, what their Marvel Spider-Man film will be like. Because uh, it's like still two years away. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but I actually thought they were going to announce the news like during Comic Con, like while everyone was like you know getting ready for the Warner Brothers DC panel, that they would drop the news right you know during it just to steal attention because Marvel is not going to Comic Con this year. So I'm like, oh, they decided to be nice. So. Um, yeah. No. Oh, you know what they're gonna do? They're probably gonna announce Captain Marvel during the DC panel. I, 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 I swear to you, it, there's gonna be a casting during the the DC panel. I swear to God, there will be one. They're just yeah, gonna but, like troll all the DC like panels. Yes. Oh my God. That's in the middle of it. Gonna be like, <laughs> it's gonna be like their revenge for like, you know, hey, Warner Bros. Thanks for your leak, you know, leaking your Batman vs Superman trailer during the Star Wars presentation <laughs> celebration. So yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and you know take some attention from you bitches. So, but you know, but in long story short. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm looking forward to see what's, uh, what's gonna happen. And hey, you know, Spider-Man, if she, she, he could be on Age of Shield for an episode or two, that would be pretty neat. But you know, but why would we get? Why would the TV division get some toys to play with? Yeah, we already know how they kind of feel about the TV division, so I'm not sure we'd get something. Let's yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna harass the producers a little bit over at Marvel <laughs> TV. Be like, when it's comic, I'm be like, hey, dude, and not harass. Be like, you know, hey, so these rumors that you guys were kind of like being left out a little bit from, you know. From the movie division and so on. What you know? What's going on? What's going on with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see if anything like that gets dropped at Comic Con. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a little bit, actually. But um, so let's see here. Okay, so that was uh, Casey's rundown, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, oh, right. I have an oh. entertainment thing. Uh, that I- <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> What was it, Amy? Interrupted. Just judge the roster. (laughs) Oh my god, I just peed myself a little. (laughs) No, I I just spilled some soda all over me, so. (laughs) Not helping! (laughs) All right, Amy, what did you have for us? 
Uh, something a little bit more serious. Um, oh, one of my uh, favorite film composers of all time, James Horner, passed away on Monday. He was in a plane crash, uh, actually up in in uh, the Los Padres National Forest here in Southern California. He was the composer of Titanic. He did Apollo 13. He did Braveheart. He did Avatar. He's worked with James Cameron for years. I think he did nine movies with James Cameron. He also did Glory, Field of Dreams, A Beautiful Mind. So basically any of the movies where you watched and the music just blew you away, that was James Horner. And so I'm, he was only 61. Yeah, 61. And I was so devastated to hear that. Um, I, I think I've said it before on this podcast. It may have been a different podcast, but when it comes to the post-production aspects that really make or break a movie for me, um, it's, it's the music. I could watch a horrific movie, but enjoy the music and I will go see the movie again. Um, music for me is, is, a, is an incredible emotional outlet and can affect so much in the way that I watch a film. And all of the music that James Horner has done, all of it, he, he must have like, I, I, I say that he has like a, a feels string on his violin and he just plucks the feels string and everybody <laughs> cries. Um, or, or is like, let's go freaking save the world. Or that part in Avatar where they're flying over the hills and they're like climbing up the floating rocks. And you're like, oh my gosh, now I really kind of want to go explore the universe uh that that's james horner so i was i was absolutely devastated to to see that he'd passed away yeah that was that was uh most definitely sad to hear about um i i'm a big fan of james horner i love all his music um just this is gonna make me sound really nerdy but when i was in high school um when we i was in band and whenever we went to like a field show competition um just before you know we got to our destination i would always fire up apollo 13 to get myself like in the mood i approve yeah it was just like that was like my game game day music was yeah the apollo 13 soundtrack is so good so good um but some yeah more movies to highlight that he did um some children's movies that i remember uh were back a dinosaur Ooh, story yeah the, I always make that joke whenever you say that. <laughs> um, Jumanji. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Robin Williams. Hmm. And uh, The Page Master. He also did Star Trek 2 II and 3. Oh, oh yes. So that's right. pretty much all those iconic soundtracks, as Amy was saying. Yeah, yeah. and think about Titanic. I mean, think I know about that. the emotional state or Braveheart, the state that that puts mm -hmm. you in. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. And I heard it on the radio, and I actually didn't realize I was listening to a, a SoCal uh classical station oh. and i didn't realize but i'm like gosh they're playing a whole lot of james horner music right now because they did like braveheart followed by star trek followed by titanic followed by avatar and i didn't realize it at the time but he had he had just passed away so they were doing a tribute to him um but is that I how was you like, found that he that he had died that he that, he, that all the, like all of his scores was being played on the radio and you're like why are they playing all his no i found out on a uh, bear mccreary tweeted about it and i was like oh man um, but it's, it, it, that's such a bummer. Um, and it's, it's kind of just, you know, it, it, I, 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 I wish that it was not a bigger deal, but I always feel like sometimes the composers get kind of underscored pun intended. Um, <laughs> that was awful. And I'm sorry. I, I think, <laughs> I think what happens and not what happens, but it's, it sometimes to me as a musical person, I get so emotionally attached to the music and I think other people do as well. But I don't think they realize what a film would be like without the music or with bad music. Um, and I mean, the, uh, these big blockbusters, they would not be what they were. Think about The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises would not be what it is without Han Hans, Hans Zimmer's Zimmer, yeah. uh, 
um, music in the background or anything like Battlestar Galactica or gosh, Black Sails, Bear McCreary's music, top notch. There's just, you know, there's so much that's involved with the music. And I, I, I wish that that sometimes like I, I kind of wish this had been a bigger deal. But at the same time, it was a big deal to the people who really cared about him. Yeah. So miss him. Very good point. Um all right, so that is going to do it for uh, Casey's rundown. Um, I don't have an appropriate. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, no, I, what you need to do is play the Titanic theme right there. Where is it? Oh. I was going to start singing the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, John Williams. Yes, yeah, John Williams. Sorry, John Mike. Williams needs Sorry. to live forever. Sweet. That's just what yeah. needs to happen. John Williams can't die. He's not allowed to die. We need a, uh, what is it? Cryogenically cryogenically freeze him. That hit me the other day, though. All of these, you know, actors and and, and, uh, uh, composers who have become so integral in the things that I've seen growing up, at some point, they're not going to be here anymore, and I'm still going to be here, and I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Amy is learning object permanence, guys. (laughs) Today is a sad day. That's um, good. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little bit sad, you know. Like when uh, Christopher Lee passed away, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And you know, James Warner. And I thought about the other day. I'm like, "Okay, John Williams is getting old." Um, Yeah. My kids need to be raised on John Williams. (laughs) If I have kids, guys, they will. Don't worry, they will. You know, know? yeah, you got the movies, you got the soundtrack. You can immortal. Yeah, it's it's. That's the great thing about media and things in, in that form of media is, is they're never going to go away. It's forever always immortalized. It's forever yeah. immortalized, exactly. So Ironically, I think I was conceived to a John Williams soundtrack. <laughs> I don't need to know that. <laughs> well, now you do, so <laughs> we're close. No going back close enough, which Casey. Damn. Um, that's going to do it for the entertainment. Uh, hold on. It's, it's not, not over. Not very it's, well. it's not over. Hold on. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. Wait. Wait, man. <laughs> it's not over. You know this Wait. goes on for another, like, 16, 17. The, the segment requires okay. sound effects. You know when you signed oh, up. Oh, <laughs> the entertainment, whatever. There you go. Oh, man. That was good. All right. Uh, on that note, we're going to move on to uh, some, some more stuff here. Uh, so... Like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, this is our fiftieth episode, sure and it's, it's is it because I don't, it doesn't really feel like one. It's done this 50 times. <laughs> it feels like the first one. Actually, it totally it. feels like the we've first one right more, now. We've had more like sixty or some odd shows if you count like the in between ones or the failed ones, our minisodes or the yeah and the minisodes. We've done more like sixty, but this is the actual. I would count minisodes as point point five episodes, like you know, in between, like for example, that's episode. 48 and 49 there's 48.5 uh, so yeah and he brings up a good point okay so well, this is like the 50 did you, wait did you 50. just point call me I. amy no i said andy i said it it sounded he said amy i'm like wait i said that i'm andy <laughs> oh um, i'm pete you're pete <laughs> we're totally gonna get confused when we all run into each other i want to be i am this up um, all right, so so yeah, I mean, it's our fiftieth. Our this is what we consider our fiftieth episode because it's our fiftieth. It's fifty. Yeah, it's the one that says fifty. It's it's because we said so. Because we said so. Just because. Um, it, yeah, it's been a fun ride. Like I, you know, when we started this last what was it May, right after uh, Free Comic Book Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what it would be. I didn't know, you know, I just knew it was the three of us getting together and, and talking about our favorite shows and movies, and it'd be a lot of fun and. Uh, 
you know, I, I always thought it would be something that would be, you know, entertaining and, and give us kind of some an outlet to talk about uh, a lot of our favorite stuff. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Well, you used, to, you used to have a, a podcast called, what was it, like Pete's Platter? No, well, no, 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 no. I had a, I had a blog that I wrote Pete's sometimes. Pete's Platter? No, I, it was like, it was combining my... I need to get the P sound effect back out. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just in the, a blog post I used to write where it combined my love of food and movies. Pete's Platter. So that's why it called, uh, that's why it was called Pete's Platter. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, but um, I mean, I tried firing this podcast up on my own uh, last year, like around uh, February, but it didn't. It didn't work out, and I learned that doing it by yourself isn't as much fun as doing it with two other people. Um, and then you know, uh, so Matt you got us in your uh, yeah. apartment. Yeah, <laughs> so now we are place. shoulder to shoulder, and you're now ready we're to in my go. place. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. You know, we we had our brief run with uh, the Geek Speak show, who helped who helped us get on our feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of fun. We, we owe a lot of thanks to them for that. Um, and, and recording in the studio, that was a lot of fun. How did you, how did you end up meeting Henry for the first time? You know, the funny, th- know the, the, the funny story about that is meeting. So Henry runs geek speak, uh, the geek speak show, which is where I got my start. And I, it's funny. I went to uh, the free comic book day that they cover, um, over in Concord. And I just happened to be interviewed by one of the people that he was, that had working with him. And, and I just shot him a tweet. I was like, Hey, if you guys need someone to write stuff for you, I, I can totally like watch movies and do reviews for you. And he was like, well, we don't have a blog, a blog post. We're just like a podcast site, but you can be like our movie reviewer guy. And, and from there I, I was the movie reviewer. And then that turned into, uh, my own, podcast he was like hey i want to you know branch out a lot of you guys that do the do segments on the show and it could be a lot of fun and that's how it all kind of came to be so um yeah and it's been a lot of fun like i it's it's turned into more than i maybe thought it would have been but it still opens us up to even more things we can do and you know at 50 um not counting i guess the minisodes and the the watch alongs we've done um i feel like there's so much more we can do and um there's there's actually a lot um i we i haven't told anyone yet um uh, breaking news oh, well not shit. breaking yeah. news but we're gonna have more guests on uh coming up in the coming months, uh, I won't say who, but um, it's not like a it's like I'm keeping a secret. Right. But you know, I want to. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, who you can get? Dinosaur. <laughs> it's gonna be a guest. <laughs> They're back. It's gonna be a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Velociraptor on my cell phone. No, uh, he's, he's putting his hand he's in putting front his of his head. face Pete? right now. I'm the pizza. Did you get Pete? Obviously. No, no, no. It's no big deal. It's, it's just uh, some more people I'm, I'm networking with, and, and they're going to be on the show, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, a couple of guests I'm looking forward to having on the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the really cool thing, too, is networking with everyone, like Andy, like yourself. Like, um, you've been really awesome to have on our show and, and such, uh, you know, a positive person to have around because, especially when it comes to podcasting. Really? Because, yeah, because, I mean, you, you're very encouraging. Today's you're very really engaging, obviously. And uh, you bring a certain energy to uh, the show when you come on, you know, and, and, and you do the same thing on your Flash podcast. So, um, I just want to say, uh, so thank you for all your support, yeah, man. you know, um, and, and how, you know, just, just your support of our show and, and coming on and hanging out with us. Well, if you call, if you think, if you call what I'm doing 
supporting, then you know, well, I'm. You're welcome, I guess. Uh, no, 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 no. On a on a on a serious note, I no, I I, I think you, what you guys do is, is great. You know, I remember it was since we're on memory lane or whatever. I think it was. I think it was like somewhere like in the middle of this year when you reached out to me and said if I wanted to be on and like I'd, you know, I only heard you guys because I know I knew Amy and Lauren um, had been on your show, so like, I gave you guys a follow just to you know keep up and see what was going on. But then one day you gave me a, a DM. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, um, because <laughs> because you know I haven't since doing the flash pocket. I ha- I haven't really done that many guests, but I'm not complaining. It's just that it's. Um, it's uh, I'm still a little bit un, um, unused to it because of some of my other podcasts I didn't really guest host on other shows. But then when I did the Flash podcast, that has, that has kind of been the thing that kind of leads me more into it. Uh, but no, but I think that you know being on the show for the first time was a lot of fun. Uh, although I I still think that I was a complete disaster because Warner Brothers decided to release a Super Cool costume that same oh. day. And it, I because okay, what was happening on my end was that okay, so I was talking with you guys. And I, someone DMs me says, check your feed. Something is about to come out about Super Bowl pretty soon. I'm like, uh, okay. So, and then I, I see the cause. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, not, not now. Because we had also the same day, we had also announced our big new podcast circle called DCT Podcast. So it was like one hour later, CB decided to steal the thunder from us. Even though it wasn't like, they, you know, they never they, they, they didn't release a costume just because of us. But it was like... Oh uh, great! So now I'm focused about that, and that then the costume comes out, and I have to, and because I do them, I manage some of the Twitter accounts of these podcasts, including Supergirl Radio. I had to post a costume, then retweet from my other accounts to kind of let because that account was still growing. So and then also at the same time, talk to all all of y'all on the show. Uh, I remember Laura and I were geeking out because there were two photos. Amy was sitting there for 10 minutes because she's like, "My internet is slow. What are you guys geeking out about?" And then she sees a photo, and I just. I remember that memory. One of my favorite moments when she, she sees the costume. The first thing we hear is, "Where did I get those boots?" And like for once, <laughs> I actually want to know that too because I'm like, whenever I, I look at costume reveals with some of my other friends, so, some of my male and female friends, they will be like, "Where can I get that shirt? Where can I get those trousers or whatever?" I'm like, but for once, I could really feel what it meant like to be like, "Oh, I I want to get those boots too." So it was I was multitasking like a fucking maniac, and I feel like, and then like you know I. Every sec- session after the Super Bowl discussion, I, I wasn't able to f- com- go through, even though Pete called me two days before and told me, okay, so here's how the show works, and he explained to me, and I listened and so on, and yet I, I seemed so unprepared by the time, <laughs> by the time, um, yeah, by the time we, um, so are we, we were yeah, you, you kind of fit in, in yeah, it's totally cool, and it's, it's, it's always, it's always funny to hear, to reminisce about things like that and, and little moments we had. Um, and also, Amy, I wanted to thank you, too. I mean, it's been so much fun having you on You know, each episode. Each episode you've been on, it's been a lot of fun. I feel like you add something to uh, the show uh, when we have you on. And, and you know, you, uh, you're so well-spoken about everything, the, the TV shows you watch and and uh, just your opinions, just everything you add has been great. So um, we just want to thank you for being a part uh, when you're on the show. Well, thank you guys. I really, I've enjoyed coming on um, more than more than I think you know. Well, that's <laughs> not true. I've told you how much I love being on this. Um, for me, it's nice to have the opportunity to 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 embrace that, as you said, well spoken aspect to share the pr- the passion of the shows that I have. Um, 
I do other podcasts and they're pretty, you know, we have specific protocols that we're following. Um, and I love them. I love doing every single podcast I've ever done. Um, but there's something really nice about being able to, to just get on a tangent about something and, and talk about it and really enjoy myself talking about it. Uh, <laughs> I get on tangents a lot. If you haven't noticed, I was joking with Jeff and Scott. I think this is a tangent. Yes, it is. <laughs> gotten a Jeff off mic of uh, Assembly of Geeks and I was like we should have a tangent dar- jar and it's like the douchebag jar from uh, New, Girl. New Girl and so every yeah. time Amy goes off of a tangent I put like a dollar in and then when we meet up at Comic Con I owe you all like six drinks oh that's hilarious <laughs> that is so funny oh man that thing would be um, pretty full right now though it would be, yeah. <laughs> we'd all be contributing can you if I was ever on a, on a movie <laughs> set I'd be like talking and then I I'd do a blooper and then I'd like screw up and then there'd be a tangent and it'd be like jar. Oh <laughs> man, that's too funny. Oh. Um, but I love, I love coming on, especially I feel very successful that I have managed to get you all to watch the hundred. That was the first yeah. thing. Remember what the first, the first podcast, <laughs> the first podcast I did with you guys, we had the, the classic movie picks and I'm like, um, what? What, what are we doing? What? And- that, kind of, that kind of became an unspoken tradition that Pete would just not tell our guests. <laughs> but he did. He, the, the thing was, he did. Like He told me at least. It was just me who fucked it up. <laughs> I was like, when everyone was blaming Pete, I'm like, I feel so bad. I should say something, but I don't well, like to. I don't well, want to take shit from my fair, first guest To be fair, it was spot. in the script, but I didn't understand what it meant. I, I, I didn't, and I really didn't even it. look at the script. Wow. See, see, my whole thing there was I wrote it, and you're supposed to read my mind. And <laughs> you supposed, oh. no, I assumed we right. had yeah. Professor X powers. Yeah. You had the, the, you had the, uh, the tele, 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 uh, telepathy, uh, and you could telephone. totally... Telephone. Yeah. Telephone. Telephone. Yeah, but then I talked about the hundred... And yes. you guys were like, wow, that was amazing. And I was like, you realize I basically just rehashed the entire opening monologue of the uh, main actors, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and now we are uh, hooked. Yeah, now we're hooked and we're covering uh, each episode of the first season, which has been really, really good. We'll actually get into that a little bit later um, on the show. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's been great uh, having you on here. I, I really look forward to seeing you uh, and Andy and Lauren, who has also, has also been such a a positive influence, um, like yourself, Lauren. She's been so awesome uh, on the show when she's on, and we love having her on as well. Um, but like I said, I, I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited to lo- to meet you guys all at Comic Con. Like we're gonna have such a good time when we all meet up. So, uh, uh, you know what I was thinking we should do? Um, so Hall H, uh, they're having another uh, DC TV party mm-hmm. um, on Saturday night. At uh, from eight to eleven p.m. and usually, and it might not this year because the Flash did so well, and they have Supergirl, and they're bringing Vixen, and they're bringing Legend of Tomorrow. As in addition to Arrow and Gotham, uh, last year it was just Arrow, Gotham, and Constantine. Um, I think because and the Flash. I think because of how well the Flash is done, Hall H might not clear out as much as it did last year. But I was able to walk in right before that because I cried uh, it so had, hard when you told me that. Like two months later, you told me that. I just walked in. I when we hung up, after, I cry. I'm like, why did I? <laughs> go i was so convinced that it was full and then like i get this skype call from amy she's like oh i just walked in i'm like but why didn't anyone tell me well here's here's two two things regarding that the first one is that i think our plan should meet up we should all just meet up and go to the dc tv party basically is what we should do and we should they actually gave us popcorn last year so oh, nice. that was a, they gave us popcorn in our bags it was really freaking good popcorn yeah, rub it in. And rub I, it in more. I stole the popcorn from like the six bags around me as well 
<laughs> I took everybody's popcorn. Um, but please tell me that one of those people was not a kid, because if a kid did not get popcorn no. because of you, they I were empty seats. Dude, the they were empty. They were empty seats, empty bags, and I actually grabbed a couple of the extra bags at the end of the night uh -huh. and used and gave them away to fans. Guys, guys, we have to address something. I'm sorry. Matt is dying right now. What, what is wrong with you? He's like huddled around the fan. You were just in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. Oh, the heat wise, I'm in my room. So I'm literally in my underwear. It's so hot. Right now. <laughs> it's so hot right so now. Hot. Well, I guess it doesn't help that we're essentially bear hugging while we do this podcast today. Um, oh, but okay. back to back to back to the Comic Con yes. thing. Uh, if Andy just or for anyone listening, if you guys are at sure. Comic Con, when you're trying to decide if you might be able to get into a panel, use Twitter. Um, don't tweet about it; you might not get a response. Just scroll through the Hall H hashtag and the Hall H. Um, uh, just account. like search Hall H or SDCC because I know I tweeted about it last year that like I had just walked in and that there was room and you're going to find a lot of people who do that especially people who are aware um, that there is space and that they know that they have friends or people who might be interested so I will do it a lot this year if I walk into panels and I'm like hey I just walked into the Shannara panel or hey I just walked into the DC TV party or if I show up at 8pm and the Hall H line is like down to Joe's Crab Shack then I'll be like mm, maybe not actually going to get in <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Um, but I will I'm do gonna, that. I'm, I'm, should, you should search the Hall H and Ballroom 20 hashtags as well as the SDC hashtag as well as just searching Ballroom 20 and Hall H, the words, in Twitter. And chances are you'll find someone who's who knows what's going on. That's a good point. They also yeah, have Hall H accounts now. And this yeah. is really yeah, what um, this dude does. And it's amazing. Yeah. That'll certainly be helpful. Uh, some good tips too from Amy, because I mean, it's it gets so crazy at Comic Con, and and you know you really gotta plan out your days. And if you're going there Wednesday or even Thursday to Sunday, um, you you need to have a game plan. You can't just kind of go and, and wing it because yeah. it's not gonna work out well for you. And your game plan needs to include Plan B. C, D, E, F, and all the way down to P. Because I guarantee uh, you're not, you, not, I won't guarantee, but there's a very good chance you might not get everything you want. And you need to be yeah. flexible and you need to be able to, to adjust things. Um, what I've done is I, you know, like the, you can go onto the schedule and it'll make a schedule for you. And sometimes it doesn't always upload correctly to my phone. So what I'll do is I'll basically just create a separate Google Doc of all the panels that I want to go to. Um, and I know that obviously some of them are overlapping, but what I can do is like if I show up to the hundred and the hundred is full and it's at the same time as Shannara and Shannara is not full and I show up and I'm like, oh, okay, I can't get in the hundred. Let me go to Shannara, you know, and I'll actually this year I'm planning on making that schedule public. Like this is what I want to do, it, you know, in the ideal world where I can time travel, I can make all of these panels. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that's something, you know, have, have like a, a, a document or a phone doc or a Google doc or whatever of all the panels that you want to go to and where they're located. Um, just in case something fills up or you're looking for something to do. Uh, lots of Comic-Con tips. I actually did a whole freaking like 25 minutes of Comic-Con tips on the start of Assembly of Geeks this week. And I didn't nice. even hit them all. Nice. Um, be sure to go check that out. Um, and I'll just end, I'll just end the, the Comic-Con talk with this. And that is uh, a, a couple, no, two, three years ago when the Man of Steel uh, panel came to Comic-Con, a buddy of mine woke up five, six in the morning to go to the panel that was at two or three afternoon, um, two or three in the afternoon, uh, he didn't make it. He stood in line from six till that time and he didn't make it. So that just gives you an and idea. And is this, was this in Hall H? Or this was in Hall H. 
This so is... Hall H this year they're doing the wristbands again. So oh, that'll yeah, give people that. a better idea of whether they're going to get in or not. If I understand the system correctly, and I think they're still working out kinks, I believe the way that it works is that they they basically count people and then they give wristbands away or they have like a set number of wristbands. And if they reach you and they don't give you a wristband, that there's a very unlikely chance you're going to get in that initial hoop of people that they let in. Um, and then once things start clearing out little bits by little bits after each panel, they might let more people in. Um, but if you don't get a wristband on some of these big days, when they let everybody into the hall for the first time, they don't clear the room after each panel. So people c will stay until the eight o'clock panel at night. Um, yeah. you know, it may not, it, it may not clear out enough. Um, so just be aware of that, um, and follow the hashtags on Twitter. Cause people will help you out. Like yeah. people will be like, um, yeah, Hall H literally just emptied after the crimson peak panel guys. Everybody was there for Guillermo del Toro. Come on in. <laughs> I, I will say something encouraging though. I think that, you know, that, that, so, uh, our, some listeners will not be completely scared of is that yes, you know, because this, this Saturday, you know, Hall H present is going to be a very DC theme, but remember the, some of the people that are staying for the movie panels, they're not necessarily interested in the TV show. So, you know, there is still possibly that chance that people That's will... That's very you know, true. Yeah, they, they will, you know, because I know that... I know that a lot of people that they... I, I, from last year at the movie panel, they were like, yeah, you know, I don't really care. You know, I, I've already seen Flash and I've already seen, um, you know, the Flash pilot and uh, Constantine. And, you know, I, I am, you know, I have Gotham I can wait for later, whatever. So, you know, it's... Amy's right. It, it is going to be a little bit tougher this year because, you know, there is so much, you know, with both Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and along with Gotham, Flash and Arrow and, you know, then maybe something else, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I, I just know that if Titans gets announced, I think Amy and I are going to have literally in heart because any time either one of us bring up Titans, we don't shut up about it for like 20, 30 minutes. So, uh, but either <laughs> way, it's not impossible. Like, well, there's I... still a shot, but groups. Group I... As many as you can. I know plenty of people that are going to go this year that are new. And I, I told them the same thing. Group up with people. Don't go alone. You know, work with people. Because, look, Comic-Con is it's usually very nice and so on. But it's, it's it will always it will guarantee you a lot more to get you into things you want to go to if you're in a group. So um, that's just what I'm saying. Sorry, Amy. What were you going to say? No, teamwork. Um, well, I was I was thinking the other day what they might you know, do to, to, to blow our minds. Do you like how I'm using sound effects to for for words today? <laughs> yes. Have you noticed that? I'm using sound effects. You can't <laughs> tell, but I'm using hand motions as well, and they're really expressive hand motions. Um, so last year during the DC TV party in Hall H, they revealed that Rachel Ghoul was going to be the big Roz. Al Ghoul was going to be the big villain <laughs> Arrow, and I was trying to think this year who their big blow everybody's mind reveal is going to be, and I don't think it's going to be on Arrow. I think it's going to be on the Flash, and I. I, I I would venture a guess, and I have no no basis for this whatsoever. But I think if they really truly wanted to win Comic Con and blow everybody's minds, they would announce Wally West as coming on season two at some point. That would be awesome. Match. I that think it's really cool. I, I I'm actually um you know I, I would love that, but I I think what they're gonna announce is the casting for Vanel Savage on Legends Tomorrow because that is literally one of the biggest DC Comics villains of all time and it's like it's because people are still finding it odd like how come we still haven't heard an announcement of who's playing Vanel Savage even though they, like they announced almost like the whole show at upfront because I think they're saving for comic because they, look 
the cinematic universe will not be the first one to use Vandal Savage. It will be the TV TV universe. So I think they're gonna make a big splash with announcing the casting of Vandal Savage. And I think it's gonna be someone big from some big TV show, maybe even a movie franchise. Um, I think, and I don't want to go into the race thing or whatever because you know Wally. You know a lot of people know Wally was as redhead, white, and all that. You know I could I could give. I could give less of a fuck about that because skin color doesn't matter. But the thing is, there's, you know, I I don't know if they would announce Wally West at Hall age. And, you know, because, you know, the, the reception could be, it could be very energetic and powerful, both in a good way and a bad way. So, and I think they're going to save that for a little bit later. I think what, the, you know, I think because Flash and Air already has that big hype. I think what they're going to do, I think they're probably going to announce the casting for Vandal because he's literally, you know, one of the most, popular villains of all time on the cc but you know if they hey if they announce wally i don't mind that i i want i want to see wally uh but you know it it depends on what they're also trying to do with him on the tv show because you know we're still only one year into barry allen's story arc and i think that maybe they they may want to wait a year or two but we will see i I think still it's gonna be vandal savage announcing It'll be interesting to see um, how that all is, how that handled and played out. I mean, I think we're all anxious to see news dropped on Legends of Tomorrow and and uh, oh, Flash yes. and Arrow. So it's going to be very awesome. But um, I, I want. By, by the way, sh- shameful plug. By the way, if any, but if you want constant news and updates about Legends of Tomorrow, I would recommend to follow at Legends underscore podcast, the new podcast that DC Podcast has launched for all things DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So yeah, if you if you want to stay covered, I, you would you should follow that account. Cool. Uh, thank you for that, Andy. Um, shameless plug is shameless. Shameless plug. Uh, so what was the initial topic we were talking about that <laughs> I got talking, us off oh, on a oh, tangent? Pete, Pete was going to end our Comic-Con talk with whatever you said five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Forget it. It's all good. We didn't uh, even have Comic-Con talk planned. We, I just we, distracted we, you all. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. It's in two weeks, and it's like, you know, that's it's, just... Don't right say now. how many weeks is left. That's just going to make us more nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, did I did want, want, I did want, want to, to... Uh-oh, echo. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We do, do have some echo? Oh, oh do, do we, we have, have echo? echo? Microphone, just kidding. <laughs> that was mad. <laughs> By the way, Amy, they've, I think they've started casting for Titans. Are you following the Titans writer's account on Twitter? <laughs> what happened to Amy? I think she disappeared. Uh, she just, she's like, oh, oh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened. She's here. I don't know what happened. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on. Um, it's called uh, being ignored. I think that's what happened. No, no. <laughs> um, all right. So real quickly to end the scene in Nerd 50 talk. That's what oh, we were yeah. originally talking right. about. That's, that's um, real quickly, uh, Casey, do you have a favorite moment uh, or <laughs> moment from the show? Moment. Uh, you know, there's been there's been several moments, I guess, through through the, the year. It feels like it's been more than a year. Yeah. At the same time, it feels like it's like flown by. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. Just I can't do the the loop thing <laughs> in the air. It feels like I, I like every day we used to show up at the Geek Speak headquarters, and I don't know. It was just something that I look forward to, like like every week, and I still absolutely look forward to it every single week. Just being able to like show up and talk shit with you guys almost nonstop, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty much what it's been since the beginning. I was invited to go to that same free comic book day last year, I guess mm-hmm. it was. So I showed up and I was doing camera work for Henry and I don't know, we, we were going to take a break. So I sat down at the only free table, which was your guys' <laughs> table. 
And uh, I, I don't even remember what conversation you guys were having. But, uh, I was like, who is this guy? And jumped, Pete's like, oh, this is the guy we're going to hang out with next yeah. week on the show. And I'm like, oh, we're going right. to, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> well, I had met you just before that. We went and saw Spider-Man. Was oh, it? yeah, that's right. Yeah. We, saw the, we saw the new Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. In, in, in that was uh, that was fun. I actually thought you were a tough guy the first time. Really? Yeah. You kind of have a little bit of like a tough guy look to you because I'm pretty sure you were in a tank top. You had the beard. Still. <laughs> I mean, you still have a beard, but I was just like, man, this guy's going to be, this guy's going to be hardcore. <laughs> Turned out to be just like one of the nicest guys. Ever. <laughs> Not even a little bit threatening. What he's saying is if you run into Pete at Comic-Con, you can beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You totally take him. I. That's actually, it's become a thing of mine. I've, I don't want to, I almost don't want to tell you this, but I've tried to piss you off several times. Really? It's never worked. <laughs> I've never seen you genuinely angry at anything. And it, oh. it almost makes me a little bit mad. I'm just like, this man has to feel it. <laughs> he has to. There's a little Lewis Black in there somewhere. <laughs> there is a little anger in there. there so is that'll be, for the next 50 episodes, <laughs> that'll be my new ongoing goal is to piss Pete off eventually get some anger out of it. Oh, that's funny. It's going to Good happen. goal, Casey. Good it'll goal. happen. I, pro I swear it. It'll happen. Uh, Matt? Uh, favorite moment? Is that what you're doing? Favorite moment? What was um, I'm going back to the first episode because when <laughs> we said, Casey's like, I don't know, like, that other gay guy, gay, gay, gay guy, guy number three. three. And uh, <laughs> right when, right, I heard Henry laughing down the hall. Because for a split second, we were just going to kind of glance over it. Right? right. For a second, I thought, okay, maybe I'll just get away with that. And then he busts up <laughs> laughing, and then you call And then we all start laughing together in the room. I'm like, you know, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> well, we were definitely all on the same wavelength with the whole Game of Thrones joke there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. No, it was. I knew. A, I knew we were in good hands. I, I uh, mean, it was like we all got along. Yeah, and, and, it, it and it didn't like our our chemistry and our you know our dialogue didn't trail off or or it didn't get stagnant. I felt like we always came in the follow every every week. Um, you know, talking about something we were all passionate about and and, and feeding off one another, even when we would mess up. It yeah. was just always I don't know. Were we funny. stagnant? Listeners, you can contact <laughs> us at Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Pitch it. email. Shameless plug. <laughs> As Andy would say. Uh, Are you going to the old episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Uh, so, in, yeah, in that first episode, we say, like, this is only our what, second time hanging out. That's legitimate. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was legit. our second time ever hanging yeah. out. Yeah, as a group, that was it. So it, it's it's kind of worked out. Obviously, yeah. fifty episodes later, a year later, and uh, and we haven't killed each other yet. And not yet. Not yet. So it's, it's you, gone. What do you, what do you do mean, yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could still happen. You never know. That's why I invite us to the apartment. Shh. I know. Uh, <laughs> pull out a what is her name? The little girl from oh well. Oh, we'll save it. We'll save that. We'll save that for spoilers. We'll save it for the TV shock. Um, all right. So. Um, is Amy still there? Amy. Amy is still here. Oh, okay, okay. Hey. Uh, we know we heard Andy talk about the Supergirl moment and how that was just a, such a crazy moment. Do you have a maybe a, a favorite time you uh, of the show when you were on? Um, <laughs> I think I tweeted about this the other day. I, I, I the the entire future future Barry theory that kind of <laughs> yes. developed. Um, I, I don't know if I if I made it clear, but that theory developed literally as I was saying it. <laughs> so it was it was popping in my head as we started theorizing and things just started forming in my mind right there. So you guys were actually listening to Amy's 
weird theory process start working. Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't developed that theory or shared it anywhere else. Um, you guys were the first and I was super vindicated when it came true on, uh, vindicated. I think I meant validated. Yeah. There you go. Vindicated (laughs) would mean I was like super evil about it or something. (laughs) I was, I was very validated when it came true. And it's also, I've actually gone back and listened to a lot of the older episodes when we were talking about the flash and shield. And I like listening to, to the theories and, our, our ideas and our thoughts and our concepts of where the characters are going, especially um, when Lauren was on talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's fascinating to listen to what we thought, see the things that we thought come, would happen actually come true, and then see where we were completely off. Where Because I, I, you know, yes, I like to be right, but I also like to be surprised. If I can call everything in an episode, it's, you know, that's that doesn't ruin the show i hate the word ruined but it makes it less enjoyable i want them to surprise them that's the bottom line i want the writers to throw me for a loop and when they throw me for a loop and do it well that's when i'm so on board with the show yes i want to be right to a certain extent but i also want to be proven wrong on many ways so i like listening to kind of these older episodes and hearing the ideas that we had and kind of comparing them to where we are now um so the future future barry bit that was that was fun the uh the whole the whole garbage truck thing gross. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why but that was really funny it was just oh my goodness that was really funny that when when Rose was on and the garbage truck was in the background (laughs) and every time she started talking like it would be silent until she started talking and it would be like it like knew she was going to talk or something it because so it was just bad. so it was just so it was so funny and the funny thing is it, it we had her on like a long time ago and the exact same thing happened so <laughs> it was just so just it was right, just time to right just right and, and oh. we just all had a good laugh about it but yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> i love the agents of shield minisode i love the flash minisode that we did um i'd really just like that first episode that i'd been on because i hadn't been doing podcasting for a whole lot uh, for a whole, you know, that was that was really only like the fifth or sixth podcast episode I'd ever recorded. So for me, it was fun to to really just let loose and have a good time. Yeah, and actually, I think we had been talking since kind of last year, and I was saying, "Yeah, we should get you on the podcast sometime." So I'm, I'm glad it, it it all worked out um, for us to all come together. Uh, so that is um, is that you guys good for the group hug? Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, there you are. I already got that covered. <laughs> um, all right, so we're glad we we're uh, we hope you enjoyed our our little stroll down memorily 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 lane memorily lane memorily lane memorily lane all right, so we're gonna move on. We got a new segment here, uh, and I'm I, changing it up because you know there's there's still quite a bit of TV on during the summer, but uh, we don't want to forget that it's the summer blockbuster movie season, and there's yes. so many movies that have come out already. You know, you had uh, Age of Ultron, you had Mad Max, Jurassic World came out uh, a couple weeks ago, yet In and Out come out. In and Out, In and Out. I must Even be I that that feelings. I apologize. Oh, did I say in and out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it earlier too. Oh man, in and out. I must be hungry. Oh, um, inside out. So good right now. It does sound so good. Um, so inside out. Uh, did I miss anything? 
San Andreas. San Andreas came out. So there's been a lot of good, um, uh, you know, Hollywood movies that have come out. And, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on, um, on, on everything coming out. And what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, you know, there's Ant Man. We got Terminator. Uh, let's see. What, uh, what am I. Uh, oh, you know what? I have, have it like right, have it right in front of me. For some reason, I'm looking around like the <laughs> answers are on the wall. Um, Terminator Genesis. That, yeah, Terminator yeah. Genesis, uh, Fantastic Four. We got Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Um, let's see here, Pixels. Uh, oh God! Oh gosh! So um, <laughs> well, I'm curious. See, that that in itself is an interesting point because I don't think Pixels is based off of any like book or it's not a continuation or a remake no. or anything like that. So it might be the only original thing. It might be, but it's definitely going to be terrible. So it's not <laughs> saying much for everyone who says like, oh, I, I'm sick but of all these remakes. There's nothing original in Hollywood anymore. That's because no one goes and sees the new original movies because they suck half the time. <laughs> uh what do you guys think, uh, Amy? What do you think about the movies coming out? Do you, do you have one in particular you're you're looking forward to more than the others uh, to round out the rest of the summer movie season? Yeah, Mission Impossible. I'm a huge yeah. Mission Impossible yeah. fan. I really loved the last one, Rogue Nation. Wait, is that this one? No, that's uh, that's the new one. The last one's Ghost Protocol. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, to me, the Mission Impossible films, especially these last few, are the ultimate popcorn movie. You go just to be thoroughly engrossed in a story, have a good time and enjoy yourself and be entertained without fail. Every time I come out of a mission impossible movie, not only do I want to go right back in and see it again, but I'm, I'm entertained. That's what I want in a movie. I don't want to come out of the movie feeling, I mean, that's not true. There are some movies that I want to come out, you know, kind of like, wow, that blew my mind in a psychological, physiological sort of way, you know, like interstellar or, uh, inception, but there's also, the movies that I want to go and just have a good time, watch action sequences. I love the banter on the sh on the movies. Um, I think they're really funny. I think they're entertaining. I am a huge fan of Rebecca Ferguson, who is the new uh, main gal. So mm -hmm. I'm I would go see it just for her. So I'm really looking forward to that um, because I just want a movie that I'm I'm 100% entertained with, and Mission Impossible really never fails. Yeah. Um, Terminator. Yes, very much so. Really, because the mother of dragons is saving the freaking universe <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So let's yeah. talk about that for a second. Um, yeah. I actually, uh, confession, have not seen the original Terminator movies yet. What? I know. I think that's um, why you're Amy, excited Amy, for the new ones. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because now I don't feel alone in the world. I haven't seen it either. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, they were they they came out a while ago. Um, and I never, I never watched them, but I did watch, and I think I tweeted about it and you guys responded. I, uh, there was like a five minute summary of all the movies that someone did on YouTube and it was great. It was really well done. I was like, okay, now I can go see the movie without having to see the other movies, but it looked really good. So I'm going to go back and watch the other movies now. Um, but I'm looking forward to that cause time travel and pixels. No Ant-Man, uh, don't want to say eh? a whole lot to ruin people's. Uh, opinions, but I, a couple of the advanced reviews I've seen have basically been like, it's not as bad as everybody was worried it would be, but it doesn't blow my mind. Hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of like, basically it's going to come out and it doesn't suck as much as we were all worried it would, but it's also not like the next Iron Man three. Yeah. Well, that's slash good. winter soldier. You, see, that's why you shouldn't read advanced reviews because the problem is that they, they're, I, I don't want to say they're twisted, but it's like, 
you really need to see the film by yourself, any film for that matter. That's why I, I never read advanced without reviews the previous or influence. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like otherwise, if I hear if I hear a person that I know, you know that I I take his his or her opinion really seriously, so if I hear them say I was so so, it's gonna initially right away make me go I, I I'm gonna see it next week. Oh, and then I'm gonna push it and push it, and then I will never see it or whatever. So I I just go based on gut feeling, and then I just see it, and then if I didn't like it, then I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna read reviews see what. You, oh, you didn't like it either. So it's. It's it's surprising how much these advanced reviews these days can really affect your mind without you really knowing it. Because I, I did that mistake so much like years ago, and then I just like okay, no more advanced reviews because it's just gonna ruin the experience for me either way. Well, these are these were just time, like right? like two or three tweets that I saw. I'm not actually gonna read a review. Um, I think see, I I avoid those too. I I I just like I scroll over so for, as soon as I see tweets. I don't want to see anything i want to see i saw endman and then i'm okay i don't want to see your opinion i i will wait till i've seen the film myself agreed um he said awkwardly <laughs> well i wasn't sure maybe he was gonna talk um, <laughs> um i do talk a moments. lot no 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 no. it's okay i just thought you had you i didn't know if you were done finishing your thought um but andy uh with that with everything you said i mean Give me one. Give me out of all those movies. Give me the one that you're looking forward to the most. <sighs> Just oh, within the summer. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm thinking because there's Ted two, there's Terminator, there's Pan. No, Pan is in October. Never mind. Uh, there's um, Terminator Genesis. Um, you know what? Because like I'm trying to remind myself that Ant-Man is actually happening. I'm actually looking forward to see that and to see if I'm actually gonna be pro- if I'm gonna prove myself wrong and thinking you know because why not? Like every time I see some, some new promotional material for Ant-Man, I'm like, all right, Paul Rudd is doing a superhero movie. I forgot about that. Uh, so what was I gonna say? No, I Ant- Ant-Man is it because you know I am a Marvel kid as well, and I'm you know I I want to see what this movie is gonna be like because we you know we we've been waiting so long. Now, like, you know, there's been so much, you know, back and forth, you know, oh, now this director has dropped me, you know, we're talking, you know, it's like, I, I just want to see what they came up with, and obviously it's going to be a little bit awkward, because I'm like, I was really looking forward to see, um, Paul, I mean, um, Edgar Wright's Ant-Man, because it was like, it was being, it was being hyped for so many years, I'm like, okay, well, so now he left, okay, great, uh, so yeah, I think that's it, and, uh, I just want to see how it has, and how big of an impact it has on the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I mean, I, I saw a few things last night, uh, I tried to steer clear, um, but I did see someone say that they, you know, the, the biggest complaint about the second phase of the MCU, MCU movies is the lack of the end credit scene, like, I think Thor, was it Thor 2, and Winter Soldier were the, well, they, they were the only ones that that provided something and even that wasn't it wasn't like it, it was things i guess we thought we, we already kind of knew about but it was nothing like mind-blowing it wasn't like the first avengers movie where we saw thanos for the first time um, well, let me ask you this does it really matter that much if we have um does it really matter that much if the, if the movie has a, a, a post-credit scene or not because really you know the the film should never be about about that 
It, it's I don't think it's that. I think Marvel what they've done is they've set a standard for themselves and and they did it in all of their movies in phase one. So people had this expectation of, oh, you guys are showing us something that's gonna lead to something else. Um, I can't wait to see it in the next movie. And so that's that's what always led people to stay after the credits or, or during the second credits. And, uh, you know, it, it just it, it added a whole other element to, to movie watching. You know, you didn't just watch the movie and then credits roll and then, OK, we're done. We can go now. Um, there was a bit of mysteria with it. And, and it all goes back to the first Iron Man when Nick Fury made his first appearance um, to, to Iron Man. You know, it, it, it set like I said, it set the standard for things to come. And, and one of the big complaints about the phase two movies is the fact that the 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 end credit scenes weren't very exciting. Like in Iron Man three, it was just uh, Tony talking to uh, Bruce Banner about like basically like a a couch session where he's he's like his therapist. I mean, it was although it, it was pretty fucking hilarious I, if you think about it. But I cracked. I'm like this whole time because I thought he was talking to us throughout the whole film. Like no, of course it was Bruce. I almost laughed. I almost peed myself to laughter because and he, people were looking at me so badly, you guys. But that's a story for another day. But it was just. Like, like so hilarious that, that of course like why didn't they give us a rom-com between Bruce and Tony I'm shipping so hard right now but <laughs> hey I will say this Tony and Bruce would still be would still be a better love story than Elicity ooh snap and uh, yeah sorry I had a lot of sugar today so um, <laughs> drink some water summer season it's summer season you had to get used to that sorry Amy what were you gonna say I did not mean to interrupt you um I have heard that while Ant Man it's good go see it the post credit scene is absolutely essential and will blow your mind yeah yeah and that's what actually what I was going to get to was like yeah that was the one thing I did take away from all the tweets I did see last night was um that the post credit scenes are 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 really really good um after Ant Man so that's all I wanted to add to it um I was forced to see that tweet uh, some of those tweets because my friend Rob he he hates me he like he he squished my face into the computer to the community screen like look at a tweet so I was like uh okay that's an interesting description of a post credit scene but okay I I, I will. I will look forward to it, and then we had, yeah, I will not go into what happened after, but it got pretty physical. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, real quickly, Matt and Casey, what movie are you guys looking forward to seeing the most in the summer? Uh, I'm going with Mission Impossible. Nice. Woot! It's, uh, let's Mission see it together. Impossible has replaced the old Bond movies, where they're actually fun. What did you say, Amy? She I said, said let's go see it together. Oh, there you go, Matt. Yeah, just make the quick drive <laughs> down there. <laughs> when does it come out? Uh, I just had it in front of me, actually. Yeah, two weeks? A week? I think it's in July. Wait a minute. Right. I have a question about Mission Impossible. Because I'm wondering, is it coming out during Comic-Con? July 31st. No. Oh, JK. Wait, wait. I have a quick question about James Bond and Mission Impossible. Because I, one of my friends told me this the other day. Is it true that, basically, if if Marvel and DC were owning some of these properties, that James Bond would basically be the DC of it all, and Mar and Mission Impossible would be the Marvel of it all? Like, that it would, Marvel, you know, it would be, Mission Impossible would feel like a Marvel Film and the in James Bond, all those films will like DC stuff because they're As it's dark. coming out now. It's hard because you have all those fun James Bond movies from like the 70s with Sean Connery and stuff like that. And like now it's all super serious mode. And what, what's a specter and why do I care about it? I just want to see people with gold teeth shooting yeah. with sharks with lasers on their freaking heads. <laughs> hey, now, you know, I'm sure though that he, I'm sure Spectre, I'm sure Spectre will have more comedy than uh, all seasons of Arrow combined will ever have. Whoops. Maybe. Yeah. 
Um, call out. Hopefully, Comic Con will be wrong because I want to love Arrow again like I did for <laughs> two years. That makes one of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to to self slash less selfless, but there's like a slash in between the two words. Is that really a blockbuster? Probably not. I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't think it's gonna get good reviews, but I am very interested in seeing it. Uh, yeah. It comes out July 10th. It's got Ben Kingsley in it and Ryan Reynolds, two very good actors, and. Uh, and I, I always like this kind of like transhumanism stuff where like, yeah. not like a Freaky Friday type of like, oh, bodies are switched kind of thing, but like a, <laughs> this guy gets uploaded into, kind of like what I, I hope Transcendence would have been, yeah. but, but vastly better, hopefully. Um, I still don't even think this is going to do a transhumanism story justice, but I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing it. So July 10th is when that comes out. Nice, nice. Um, I, I think I'd agree with, uh, I'd have to go with Matt and uh, Amy and Ghost, uh, or Ghost Protocol, um, Mission Impossible Rogue, <laughs> Rogue Nation. Actually, I was just watching Ghost Protocol last night, so that's probably why I was saying it's that. It's on Netflix, right? It's um, really good. Oh, you know what? No, I take that back. I was watching Mission Impossible 3. Nice. Um, the They're one all good. Philip Seymour Hoffman. So good. Yeah. Um, Question, though. Question to all of y'all. Put your hand on your heart and answer me honestly. Is anyone going to go and see Fantastic Four on no. opening day? No, absolutely um, not. Probably not even after opening day. <laughs> I, I'm, I might just to, just, to, just to see. Just to see. I, don't, um, I personally I don't. One of the recent promos kind of got me a little bit. I'm like, okay, now, okay, now we're kind of talking. I mean, I'm still uh, not sold, but I mean. It's like I'm not sold on Ant-Man. Yeah, like well, I'm I have so to jazz, more jazzed about Ant-Man because at least like there's, I know both Ant-Man and Fantastic Four has gone through a lot of you know behind the scenes drama you know in terms of the scripts and the directors and stuff yeah. like that. But like the sec, you know, I think it was the second or the third promo for Fantastic Four that kind of hooked me a little bit. Even though I still think Doctor Doom looks like you know a walking garbage can, and I I still think it's odd that they didn't go full out. Like, look, I know there's been a lot of like controversy you know quotation marks that you know because michael b jordan is cast as johnny so that's that's not a problem i think that the odd thing was that you know because in the comics they are biological kids you know siblings why didn't you just go full out and cast you know kate you know um kate mara's character kate mara's character as african-american two years because it just feels like they just did it that way because they wanted to get the talent of it all but you know skin colors aside you know i don't i don't give a fuck about skin colors it's fine but i'm like i the second promo got me a little bit. I, I felt like the problem with the Fantastic Four that they're doing over at Fox now is that all of the fun seems to be gone. That you know, because the first, okay, the two movies that we saw back in you know the early two thousand they were they were goofy, they were cheesy. But you know it that's the Fantastic Four is supposed to be fun, but it seems like this just feels like. It reminds me about the Chronicle Traders that I saw. You know, I saw a Chronicle Trader like a, a few years ago, and I, then I saw the Fantastic Four. I'm like, okay, it's kind of gritty, just a few jokes, kind of subtle, not really that hilarious. Uh, but but then the second promo came out, I was like, oh, you know, okay, you know, I may after all the trashing I've done, uh, and like you know, look, if you thought my trashing against Elicity was horrible, then you should just see how much I've trashed Fantastic Four for the past two years. After all the trashing I've done, I may actually go and see it. Um, maybe not opening week, but I may see it like you know maybe that month at least because it's <laughs> what? No, no, we're just laughing at Matt. What, what? What did he do? Did he fart? No, he he, he can explain it himself. Uh, what are you What are you up to, Matt? <laughs> Get a glass of water. <laughs> it's it's fine. Uh, we're just we're laughing at Matt. You had to be there. You had to be. It's there. all good. Um, you can say that. Because we're in person today. 
Um, what do you want? Go ahead and finish your thought, Andy. Uh, no, I I was done. I was wondering if any of you ha- all had any thoughts. Like, Amy, I've never heard you talk about Fantastic Four. Are, are you? Are you? What What are your thoughts about that? About that upcoming franchise? The trailer intrigued me. I have very limited source knowledge um, on the source material. I don't. I have never seen the old ones. But this trailer looks entertaining. It entertained me. Um, I may go see it depending on what people I know say. I am not going to base my opinion on the show. Um, or on the movie, excuse me, on what necessarily comic books say it lives up to because since I don't have I get I get a little bit frustrated with people who are always comparing the shows to the the um the comic the books. And that gets into a really huge discussion yeah. about, you know, that whole mythology and what surrounds it and the discussions of of you know, basing a movie and a television show off a comic book and how much it really should be based and how much material gets original. But when it comes down to it, me, I just want to go into the movie and be entertained. I want to go in and I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy the movie. Um, I want to leave feeling inspired or I want to leave feeling, you know, entertained. I want to leave feeling like I've had, you know, like I need to think about a lot of things. You know, I, I just want to, to be entertained going in. Um, and so if I hear people, especially people who maybe don't watch or who maybe don't have the uh, the comic book lore surrounding it, if I hear friends of mine saying, yeah, it's good, then then maybe I'll go see it. But the bottom line is <laughs> that it comes down to is that I am completely broke. I have no <laughs> money right now. I saw Jurassic World because my mom paid for it. <laughs> so at this point, unless it's something like, like I, I, I might have the money to go see Mission Impossible because my mom loves the Mission Impossible movies. So we'll probably go see it as a family. <laughs> but I have zero money right now. So when it comes down to it, I'm not really seeing any movies this summer. Uh, I will. I, but as soon as it out. comes out on Netflix or on DVD, I will go. I will watch it. Um, I have money for Netflix and Hulu Plus. That's about it. <laughs> but that's it's not really that expensive. Though, so that's like, that's a good thing. Like that's that's a monthly cost you can spend. That you know, a movie theater may cost like you know one month worth of Netflix, for example. Just yeah. an example. It's true. Uh, but I like I like what you brought up that you know that we're still in an age where people still don't understand that you know when you're seeing these comic book you know series being adapted to TV shows or movies, it's it's called an adaptation, and you know it's people still don't understand that not everything on the comic book page is gonna work on the TV screen or the film screen, you know? Like, for example, with The Flash, a lot of people, you know, some of my Flash friends are, like, big, big fans of Flash. They're still, like, wondering, you know, why is the Speed Force looking so simple? I'm like, you know, but, dude, the, the Speed Force is so complex. You cannot replicate that into television or even the films. I think you, you just have to accept that, you know, the concept is there, but not the full visual that, as you expected and so on. And, you know, and we're still in just season one of The Flash, so, you know, we will, we will get a more... You, you know, expand its w- version of that at some point. But it's like, when are people going to accept that, that they, th- these writers and producers and directors, they're not beholden to, that they need to obligate, they, they need to fulfill what is said on the comic book page. You know, they're, as long as the character is still like, stays true to who they are and like, you know, what they, you know, costume and stuff like that, you know, you can do any storyline, you can do anything, but it's just like, I, it's still so irritating that it's always inevitable that someone, there's going to be a group of people being like, well, you know, Iris is supposed to be white in the comic, but, you know, can you get, get fucking over it? <laughs> Candace Pan is fucking talented. It doesn't matter. Like, she could be pink or blue or red or whatever. I, she would still give an amazing performance. And I'm like, because I saw someone the other day tweet her and ask her, hey, would you ever want to see a storyline when Iris gets turned into a white woman? And it's like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you, you, you morons. Get over it. Like, you know, color doesn't matter. And as long as, as you know, like, look, as long as they're, they still write Iris as a strong woman and who is a journalist and, you know, she has this great relationship with the Flash, we're good. At, you know, but if they turn into a villain, then I'm going to be like, you know, hey, wait a minute now. That's not who she is in the comic at all. So I, I like what Amy brought up that, you know, that, people, that it's, it is tiresome to just hear people like, you know, well, you know, he, they're not supposed to be young. <laughs> um, I, I can do that voice without holding my nose. Like, I just like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. It's unlike the Kung Fu page. <laughs> oh, my God. There's two of them. Oh, my gosh. That'll never die. Um, I say, I say, these senior nerd boys have gone too far. <laughs> I, um, I say, he, he, ain't, he ain't black. He why from the comics. <laughs> um... All right, so that is uh, so. Let's uh, you know, like I said earlier, that was gonna that's gonna be kind of a new segment we're gonna do now um, uh, during the show before we get to TV talk is talking about the summer movies coming out, the movies that are coming out that week, and discussing them a little bit, whether they be comic book movies or even just something like Mission Impossible: um, Rogue Nation. Um, oh, and we're actually gonna get into. Ow, right, let's talk about TV. Let's leg. talk about TV. <laughs> Casey, was that was that voice earlier? Was that your southern white confederate? Yeah, that is. I seem to be stuck in my rocking chair. All right, so we're going to get into TV talk now. Um, we've got a few shows we're going to talk about. Uh, the first one up is one we've been doing uh, for a while now, and that is the the hundred. I, I gotta be careful how I say that. I get I get uh, I'll get uh, hit pretty hard on Twitter if I. It's just hundred. That's Indrid. It's just Indrid. <laughs> there's no the. There's Wait, why did no you get slapped for saying? No, because no uh, we have some we, people. We elongate. We elongate the show's name unnecessarily. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was. We used to say the 100 because it looks like if you read it, it looks like the 100. Yeah, but but apparently, that is how you would read that sentence. <laughs> but yes, but apparently that's wrong. <laughs> apparently, that it's, is incorrect. It's, it's just the hundred. And actually, on the show, when they say like previously on whatever, it's they do say the hundred. They don't say the 100. Previously on the hundred. So I, I don't know. It must be a thing just for the show. It's I'm an assuming. Australian thing. It's an Australian thing. I don't know where'd that come from. <laughs> Does it film in Australia? I don't know. I don't Everything know. films in. Australia. I'm probably gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna try and binge those sh- uh, at least season one uh, before I go to. Comic Con, so um, Shit, but, it's only like thirteen episodes. I think. I know that the, I, the thing is, you know what's so funny is that back at Comic Con two years ago, they were screening that pilot at preview night, and I remember like I'd seen the trade. I was like, oh, it looks fine, and then I saw the pilot. I was like, okay, this was actually better than I imagined. I was like, I was surprised how good it was from what I had imagined. Also because I, I wanted, to, I, I, I stuck around because I wanted to see Kelly Who because I love her, and um, and I was like, you know, this is pretty good. And then you know, um. What, um, and then you know, Amy's been talking so much about it on Twitter lately. You know, for the past year or whatever. So I'm like, I'm gonna get into it. But then uh, one of our mutual friends, Lane Morgan, you know, she became a personal um, writer's assistant or something on the show. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna definitely make sure I get into the show before. But I wouldn't beat her when her first when she writes her first episode, whenever that is. I I I know these um, PAs they usually get to write their first episode after like the first year or first first one or two years on the show. So. Um, but it's, but I've only heard good things about it. like on on TV or mine which I work for you know there's uh, our writers are like gushing about it all the time and it's uh, one of our most viewed um, covered shows on that side so I'm like you know I I, I should get look into it. and also I like that there is a show that is not 22 or 23 episodes I'm get, are you guys getting tired of that format too a little bit that it's like it's 22 23 it's almost becoming a little bit too much yeah I mean I'm I'm definitely more partial to the shorter seasons I think that's one of the reasons I love. 
uh, HBO and AMC because I think most, if not all, their shows that they put out are 10 episodes, maybe 13 at the most. And, you know, you have to wait a year, but I feel like it's worth it because they uh, they put enough in that, those short amount of episodes to uh, bring you to, to make you want to come back and keep watching the shows. I mean, even Agent Carter, I love that it's 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 only like. Ten episodes or something like that, or it's it's yeah. really short um, because it, it also doesn't leave the writers' room much. It doesn't leave them much room to to. Uh, Fluff. to you have to condense. Yeah, when yeah. Your, when your season is exactly, out. and and when you have like a, a show that's running twenty twenty three episodes long, it, uh, it it you have room for error, and I, I think that's that's not always a good thing because I've always loved shows that stick to plot. Um, you know, it and, doesn't go and, like out out the uh, out the range, basically. Yeah, it, does, it does get. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you get bored with shows like that, and 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 you lose interest quickly, and especially if a show will go through two or three episodes of just kind of just be, just being in a rut and just getting stagnant and just getting boring, and they're trying to they're trying to push along to the next uh, story or episode arc or whatever, and and you know, I it just it just gets kind of boring after a while. I think that's why I like my shows the way they are. That's that just that's not to say that it can't be done i mean the flash did an amazing job yeah. with all the episodes that they had um and it makes me wonder how how much better it might even be if they were condensed down to 13 or even 15 episodes because you don't have much uh you don't have much leeway to um to mess up or 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 leave plot holes you know undone you have to you really have to address everything um in in those episodes uh you yeah. have to keep you know, so that's that's my opinion on it. Um, and that's I, why I just wanted to add to that also is because because I kept thinking, you know, I was talking to one of my friends that for a few weeks ago about this, and I said, you know, what would be so smart if you know, because even though I look aside from my jokes on Arrow, I do still love Arrow as a TV show, and I, you know, I just wanted to be good again, and I do, you know, I I really love the Flash, but you know, as much as I love those shows, I would almost want to see like if they because think about it this way, if they took let's say, let's say that each season. Of Flash and Arrow was 15 episodes. Then you could take those s- seven or eight episodes that you would have each on Flash and Arrow, and you could make another DC show with those. Like because you know the budget you would use for those seven, eight episodes could then be added to into you know those eight episodes I'm combined. Gonna, it would be 16 and into its own TV show. We're gonna be. And you would have another TV show then to do. So in that way, because you know you could then have, because you know for example, Legends Tomorrow is gonna be you know a mid-season show. And so what they could do, for example, like while they, because if they want to do like Agent Carter and Agent Shield did was, you know, when Arrow and the Flash goes on hiatus, what they could do is, you know, they could air Legends Tomorrow in Flash's time slot, for example, and then they could air, um, they could air a, a fourth DC show on Arrow's time slot. And then w- when those shows are over for their 15, 16 episodes, then they, you know, Arrow Flash comes back in a regular time slot and they finish their eight, seven remaining episode of that season because that way you get more programming, but still you will have a very, a more tighter storyline and you won't, you won't have that fill that some people will complain about because a lot of people are talking about that, you know, 23 episodes, you will automatically have at least five filler episodes. That doesn't mean anything for the plot. So it's, you know, and it, 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 you know, it, I think it could, you know, like I said, CW, because they're very limited in programming because, you know, they don't do 10, 10, o'clock, 10 p.m. time slots, for example, uh, which a lot of networks always point out that, you know, CW is not one of those. Um, so, like, you know, if they would add, you know, take eight episodes from Arrow and eight episodes of Flash, you could add a fourth DC show for 15, 16 episodes that could air during the mid-season. I, it would just, because that, that way, 
you won't you will have more time to watch shows because if you have seven TV shows at all at the same time, but then you you're not gonna be able to watch all seven of them. But if you had like five of them, but they were airing during different mid season stuff like that, you you know you would be able to match it all in in your schedule. So okay, that's my rule. No, that's good. Thank you for that, Andy. Um, so the hundred. Yeah, so the hundred. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's, you know, we're in the fourth episode fourth now. Episode, uh, yeah. and, and I watched it on the train this morning. Oh, cool. Over here. <laughs> nice. Um, no, it's 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 gotten the story. I feel like is really picking up. We're starting to learn uh, a few more things about certain characters. Uh, the overarching story in this episode was learning that Charlotte killed Wells, the little girl, or the Wells. Charlotte, the little girl, killed Wells. Let me make sure I say that right. Uh, and and that, the that was the girls were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> None. No. Uh, well, uh, let's let's Whoa. wait. Yeah, let's let's wait. Like, let's wait for that not. one. Um, but anyway, uh, no. She it's revealed. Uh, well, she reveals that she's the one who killed uh, Wells because of how upset she was with uh, her father or his father. Um, you know what is it? Handling of her parents mm-hmm. or yeah. And you know it's it was kind of. I didn't know if they were going to let it fly because Murphy, a guy actually, I don't even, the character I don't even like, the one that mm-hmm. they were kind of portraying as the one who did kill Wells. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I don't like the, the character anyway, so I was like, okay, you know, let him die. Is he the care. nerdy looking guy? Is yes. he the one with the, with the, oh, he seems so adorable. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know who says that, but I, he's like, he's, he's like kind of a douchey character and I don't like him at all, but it's revealed that he's not the one who killed, uh, who killed Wells, and, and in that moment, they have this whole thing where, you know, because they strung him up, and they were ready to hang him, Bellamy even kind of kicked him off, like, whatever he was hanging on to, just as about to, like, you know, the rope was about to snap his neck, and, and she says, I killed him, I killed him, and then they pull him down real quick, and then it's it becomes a thing where he's like, okay, well, you guys were going to kill me, and you guys strung me up, but you guys aren't going to do that to her, and... Uh, and and you know Grant, you know these. Remember, we're we're in a post-apocalyptic world where where this these batch of people are are just kind of going at their own pace. They're you know Bellamy is is kind of the unofficial, I guess, leader. He's the person they seem. They, it seems like they turn to for answers or to, to kind of lead them. He uh, doesn't want any leaders though. But he yeah. that's like the no leaders. Yeah, no leaders. Except for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come and answer to me. There's, That's there's so no true. Leaders. That's so true. And and so you know he's faced with the decision because he's kind of grown fond of this little girl. Like he's like it's almost like you know it's funny saying this. He has a little sister there, but it's almost like this is like the his little, little the real little sister <laughs> yeah. that he has, and and he's kind of grown a, a bond with her, and and you know and then that leads us to. Uh, uh, we'll get to the other parts of the story, uh, but we'll we'll focus on this one right now. And 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 you know he gets her in the middle of the night and takes her out. And and I, I don't know if he was trying to save her. What was he trying to do? Was he trying to give it back to over give her back over to Murphy? You're talking about all? towards the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. She was gonna turn herself into Murphy because she's like, I'm responsible if you should kill me. And she was. And she was. And she was. Um, but you know, um, Bellamy's like, no, I'll save you no matter what because you represent innocence. That is your metaphor in this show. Uh, Just, but then innocence lost. She represents guilt. And then, and oh, she, she's sure. totally guilty. But as a though. child, but you know what I mean. It's, uh, you yes, know, when you're a, when you're a kid and you kill somebody. You know, you those know. young halcyon you're days. Still, <laughs> still figuring yourself out. Really well, coming to you, coming to age. You were, Pete, you were saying how you were happy to let Murphy die. But what I like about what they did with the episode is 
he represents like that dick in like every yeah, yeah, group. That's, that's so true. mean. That's Everybody true. hates him. They all got their shots in before they like drag him out and to go hang him. But uh, <laughs> it it comes to that you know that, that what what's cool about uh, the hundreds the hundred so far is they all represent one like almost like one moral question every episode. Mm. This one is do you like kill the guy who didn't do anything but he's a dick about it about everything and you want to see him die. Or like, how do you like? How do you feel about you know a little girl making a, a a young mistake and you know taking someone literally and you know yeah because everyone Bellamy, was like I don't want to kill a little girl you know like well because well I don't want to do that I, well, I think sound like that's a, the, the character I just imagine that character saying I don't want to do that <laughs> well no it's it's well, not wrong didn't yeah didn't Bellamy even say like or or she explains why she killed Wells and Bellamy's like Sling she totally demons. like yeah. took what I said wrong I didn't yeah. mean to do this so yeah it totally is that moral moral question like do you this little girl and she still in her because she's a child she still is innocent in that way mm-hmm. but she committed an act of an adult crime yeah. and so it makes you it makes you wonder where do you stand on that um uh, and, you, you walk know, away from each episode like asking a different kind of moral question like that. Yeah. Which is why I think it's so popular to show. No, I agree. Um, Casey, what did you think of uh, how that whole situation went down and then ultimately what Charlotte did? Um, I don't know. I think the show paints uh, morality in a weird light. Like in the sense this child uh, takes this, this guy literally and actually goes and kills somebody. And I think that a child would know not to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not slaying my demons. And at the same time, you have Clark, who's like grappling with a little bit of hypocrisy in which she's like, we should tell everyone. And then it backfires. And she's like, man, we shouldn't have told everyone. It's like, man, Murphy. You're right. The truth Murphy, you, the kill, you killed him. I hate you. Oh, wait, it's Charlotte. I still kind of hate you, but I don't want you to die. <laughs> because you're a little girl. To die. And it's like, oh, no, I'm sad that you killed yourself, but also you kind of deserved it. And I didn't like you earlier. And it's, it's, yeah. I didn't. I didn't quite follow. I don't quite follow where the standard of morality is. And I think for that's the most interesting part of the show. It might be the point. You can make a. You know, everything is murky, right? There's no one right answer. That's I true. do like the name of the episode. The name of the episode was uh, Murphy's Law, which is the famous one that says like basically whatever can go can wrong, go wrong, wrong will, will go wrong, wrong. Yeah. given given uh, infinite simulations. Is the rest of it. And, his, and his name is Murphy. And so his name is also Murphy. It's it pretty a, fucking clever, it's actually. A double <laughs> entendre. <laughs> oh, very pretty, pretty yeah, incredible. Good, good catch. Nice. Um, Every nice. title of the episode is so far like last one's like nice. Earth Kills or whatever. It's like okay. get, see what I did there. See because Mur- it ties in with the show, right? It's <laughs> Murder Forest. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see here. So that so yeah, that was a pretty that was the big chunk of the story right, right there. And then ultimately, we see Charlotte jump off the cliff. And d- now she's going she's gonna come back. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. <laughs> this is a thing where we have an off-screen death. Yeah. yeah. Where we don't know if they're truly dead. Now, granted, she's a little girl that jumped off a cliff that looked really high, so naturally you would say she's dead. But. Like I said, off-screen death. You don't see a dead body. You don't see a dead body. Really you dead don't yet. see yeah. anything like that. So for all we know, she fell right into the trampoline of the grounders. For yeah, all, you know. just, <laughs> fell on their bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she might have just done that. So we don't know. Dead but, is never dead on television. Uh, that's very true, Annie. Death is never dead. So, um, so that you was. You would agree with me, Pete. I like I, that. I, I unless do, you're I watching do. a show like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul that treats death very seriously, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just a personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Breaking Bad has always seemed so 
such an exhausting show to watch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, no offense to that, because I know that there's some super talent on that show, and I know there's some good writing, but it always seemed so, like, everyone I was talking to about that show, I was like, ah, it's such a, ah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm just going to go watch some, some comedies. Yeah, no, Breaking Bad de- definitely, it does exhaust you from, like, an emotional standpoint, because you get so attached to these characters, but, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um... So the uh, one of the other big uh, parts of the story was um, uh, Clark, you know, dealing with the aftermath of learning that her mom killed her father, and and how to handle it. And the, of course, the first thing she does is, uh, well, actually, no. So she was so the one of the guys was trying to do something with the transmitter or something, and then by him turning it on, or something, contact with the arc. trying to make contact with the arc, and instead of doing that. He completely shut down uh, the wristbands, right? Yeah. Oh wait, wait. You he know, deactivates everybody's wristbands. He deactivates wristband. everyone's wristbands. But yeah. before that, um, to get back at her mom, Clark takes off her wristband yeah. to make her think she's dead. Um, now, here's where I tend to have a problem with the show. Okay. The adults seem really dumb. <laughs> because oh, in the wow. other, in thank the, you. In the other, in the other ones, they're all just like. Oh, flatline, they're dead. No, maybe they took it off. Mm-hmm. You know, and whenever they broke it off, it shows vital signs dead. Mm-hmm. But when in this they, one. When they reveal it, it says transmission loss. They're like, oh no, they're dead. <laughs> and when the mom's like, there's still hope, they're like, no, zero hope. She's they're super dead. <laughs> this happened exactly the same way as before. I'm like, no, it didn't, guys. You remember the last you the last episode? It literally happened, happened hours ago. It just happened yesterday. <laughs> like, are you not paying attention, you specialists? Like, where'd they find you? Like, come on, man. Like, and like, as a TV show, I get it. They're just building the drama, but like, same time, like, come on, guys, don't be lazy. Another one of the I I, I keep bringing it up. It the show has a bad habit of reiterating things that the audience already, already knows. knows. Yes, already knows. So. There's that, but I mean, you know, still it's, a good, it's still a decent show. I'm following it. I like the morals that you have to gripe with. That's what's hanging me on. But yeah, adults are. That, come on, guys, you can be better. You're better okay, than this. you're better than this. you're better than this. So of course that leads uh, Clark's uh, mom, Abigail, to going to Raven yeah, to, right. to to fixing the pod so she can somehow get down there and find out if Clark's actually. Yeah dead or alive um and and what so what did you guys think of that because you know abigail had to go to you know had to resort to uh what's the word i'm thinking of uh bribing yeah to get a certain part for the pod uh and then ultimately getting caught but then sending raven raven instead i mean do we think raven's gonna come down there and 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 i mean does she do you think maybe she has her own agenda is she gonna stick with with abigail and and try to find clark and yeah. figure this whole thing out um was it explained um if there was a way for her to like you know, drop exactly where they are because I mean, no, it's just, she just kind of went. She's kind of yeah, launched. Like, she can fall she's anywhere in on Antar- Earth. She's yeah. in Antarctica. Like, she's don't just hanging out with some penguins right now. Happy feet. And like, it just. I didn't even think about that. So, she like grinders. Yeah. Which is another thing. Like, did I. Nice. <laughs> like, did I even calculate nice. so I land near everybody? Like, you know, I don't know if they explained that, but. Yeah, no, no, it's I another piece of information. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll find out next episode but i mean like i think she will she has to eventually find the encampment because now that wouldn't make any sense (laughs) now clark and now clark and finn have their thing what a coincidence at the same time she's falling to earth yeah they're falling in love in well so i was gonna say into bed but i guess so uh well they did but yeah but so okay so finn and and raven are they're a thing they're a thing they're a thing thing, yeah Yeah. but they're a thing yeah. yeah, so it, that's going to be some things. Yeah, so, you know, like you said, 
conveniently some they hook up just to, they conveniently they fall into bed together just right. as Raven's falling to earth towards them. It'd be funny if she landed like right in the bunker. <laughs> she landed into the bedroom. She's like, oh my god, I made it. Oh, oh honey. That's awkward. Oh, you came to shit. earth early. Oh, man. That's not what it looks like. I was just gonna say that. There's two of them. Oh like. my god. Yeah, so um, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, oh, that's man. gonna be that's gonna be very that's interesting. That's gonna be a slice of juicy drama there. Yes, it sure is. Uh, let's remember that these are all teenagers and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, this of course it's gonna happen. It's just yeah. it's funny that there's this big grandiose plot line that involves like Clark's mom possibly being ejected from the ship and like bribery, yeah. and, like betrayal and backstabbing, just to have this like. <gasps> You slept with her, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it all comes down to. Like, to have the like, the, I can't believe you would do something like this. Of course. My hand on my hand. I can't oh. believe you did that to the, me. Oh, hell no situation. <laughs> oh, my weave. Exactly. <laughs> um, so... You know that's our that's our rundown of the hundred this week. It's, it's, you know, I I'm thought it was some there. pretty good story. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's we're still we're minute. still hanging on. Um, and you know, it is. I feel like there's some stuff that's getting better. It's making it's certainly getting interesting. And I think this the like Matt was saying the moral questions that they throw at you every yeah, episode, episode yeah. certainly makes it more intriguing and and something that makes you want to keep watching every uh, every it's episode. It's a fun show to share with you guys because yeah. it's so like uh, you would say, what do you feel about that? How do you feel about those questions? Exactly. You know? Why it's such a, a a passionate community online. Very passionate. The community, we we have quite a few listeners that watch the show, and they're very passionate about that. So, um, so yeah, so that is going to be our hundred talk for the week. So, Amy Fun. is going to give us uh, her review of the last show. This show uh, she's talked about uh, with us before. We we haven't caught up with it yet, but we know she's a big fan. So, Amy, let us know what you thought of the season premiere. So, are we allowed to get into spoilers? Yeah, go ahead. Am I okay? So, the season premiere opens up at the end of season one. We have discovered that. Uh, that there are that there's a facility in Atlanta that is instead of that that bills itself as an area that has been uh, host to the cure. They have a cure for the virus. They can they can um, save people. They can give you a vaccine. And it turns out we discovered in the end that that vaccine that they're giving people actually kills them. And they are using those bodies to fuel the furnace to keep the city going. And so it's basically a coal mine, but with bodies instead of coal. And so that's where the captain has been. Um, you've got Travis Van Winkle's character. I keep, <laughs> I, so I, 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 I've, I've, I know a lot of the members of the cast. Um, and so it's, to me, I tend to, I, I occasionally forget the characters' names and I just <laughs> say the cast members' names. So you've got Lieutenant Green. He's with the uh, the Master Chief. They're off on their own. Dr. Scott's in trouble. Tex has left. Um, the ship has basically been taken over. And the season ends and you're like, this is not good. We are in a bad place right now. And so, and Quincy just got shot. And so season the opener we have a lot of a lot of threads we need to solve and there are multiple threads and the first one that we kind of start to to tackle is uh the captain chandler has found his family so he needs to figure out what he's gonna do with his family he's now given them the vaccine the cure um so they are no longer infected and they have no longer have the risk of getting infected and all of his crew have the the uh the cure um and the bottom line is dr scott has the ability to make the cure, but she needs that lab in Atlanta. So they need to find a way to root out 
Granger, who is the head honcho lady who's, you know, basically choosing the people who she thinks are worth saving. She's choosing the best and the brightest and she's saving them and letting everybody else suffer and die. Um, and so Chandler realizes he needs to to kind of displace Granger so that Dr. Scott has access to that medical facility in Atlanta to mass produce the cure for everybody, as opposed to Granger, who is determined to only save those who she deems worthy. And, you know, throughout the course of the episode, we see we see them kind of uh, come into the building. They find Dr. Scott. They're able to uh, Tex comes back. Yay, Tex. Tex is great. Everybody who who, who, who watches the show is like, yes, go Tex. Um, but we end up, you know, saving them. And it comes down to the moment where we really kind of get inside Dr. Granger's uh, not Dr. Granger, just Granger's head, Senator Granger, I believe. Um, and it, it she's fully convinced that what she's doing is right. She's like, look, the world was dying while you were off on your ship creating the cure. We're here thinking that the world is going to die. And I, I, you know, I've been watching 12 monkeys recently and it makes you, yes, it's very good. It makes you (laughs) think, you know, in a situation like this, when it comes down to it, if you can't save everybody, who, who's the person who decides who we get to save? And it comes down to her. And so it just like with the rest of this rest of the first season of uh, the last ship, they tackle a lot of moral questions. And we we on the side of the Navy, we on the side of Captain Chandler, we sit there like, yes, but now we have the cure so you can stop. But she's sitting there going, yes, but for the past nine months, the world has been dying. We were out of luck. We were out of hope. I had to make the hard decision that no one else could so that humanity and our culture could survive. And you kind of see Captain Chandler realize what she's been going for. But when it comes down to it, he's like, yes, but that was then. And now we can save them all. And her choice is, yes, but are they worth saving? And, you know, it kind of comes to a head in this episode and she ends up actually basically uh, relinquishing control of the facility and then killing herself, which was the only part in the episode that I wasn't really thrilled about because I thought that while yes it would have been interesting like yes I was hoping that they would take over the facility blah 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 go from there um, I thought that Granger was a very good villain in the way that she was kind of morally ambiguous like you could see her point of view and they do this a lot on the last ship they kind of tackle those moral questions and so I was a little bit bummed that she's no longer a part of the story I would have been fascinated to see her escape or uh, see her kind of play a bigger role in the upcoming season. Obviously, she's dead, so she's not going to. So that bummed me out a little bit. Other than that, that whole storyline progressed really well. Um, I love seeing them work as a military unit, which what is end up what ends up happening on the ship. So on the ship, you've got uh, Quincy, who's been shot. You've got Adam Baldwin, uh, Jane a.k.a. the EXO. EXO uh, is sitting there. His name is Slattery. Great name. Uh, the EXO, they're all on the con. They all um, are being held hostage by Granger's men. And they pull all of the people into the ship. And basically, the entire second episode, because it was a two-hour season premiere, the entire second episode is them taking back their ship. And I loved every aspect of this for two reasons. First off, I love the directing. And this show is filmed 
on a real Navy destroyer. So everything that they do, them taking over the ship, them jumping off, there's a character who jumps off the bow of the ship. They come on, they uh, they sabotage their own ship and they can only have so many places that they go, so many places that they can do. There's, you know, a fair amount of choke, choke points on this kind of a ship. And I love how they filmed it because it's all very real and they actually have real Navy uh, consultants on the ship. So like if they're filming something and they're like, yeah, except for here's the problem, you actually wouldn't be able to do what you want to do. They correct it and they make it very real. And you can see that influence, that Navy influence in the way that it's shot. And I love that. It makes it, it makes a hugely inspirational episode. You watch this and you're just sitting there rooting for them and you're like, go Navy, go Navy. Woohoo. Um, it really well done. Um, Quincy did spoiler alert. Uh, like I've already done a gazillion spoilers. <laughs> Quincy, Quincy gets shot and the main goal of these men on the ship who've taken over the ship, they need the primordial strain with the primordial strain. They can create a cure that they can then distribute to the people who Granger deems worthy. So they need that primordial strain, but the doc has been able to hide the primordial strain temporarily, but it's actually literally right in front of their eyes. Quincy and the EXO and the doc, they're all on the con and the primordial strain is in the doc's uh, med kit. And so he's hidden it there and um, they keep asking Quincy, where's the primordial strange? Where's the primordial strain? And Quincy was shot in the belly and it actually hit an artery. Um, and so he basically looks at the main guy and says, I'll never tell you where it is. You'll never find it. You'll never succeed. And he pushes everyone away from him and actually forces himself to bleed out. So he won't let them, they, at this point, they've, uh, they've clamped off his artery. He actually unclamps it and doesn't let, oh he God. literally fights everybody off so that he will bleed out so that the people think that the only person who knows where the primordial strain is hidden is now dead. And ironically, he actually didn't have any idea where it was. Only the doc and the XO knew that it was in that room. Then they end up hiding it um, because they get a, they got a suspicion. Because they do the thing where they always do where they kind of keep looking at the med kit and you're like, stop looking at the med kit, okay? Don't look where you don't want the people to look. And they keep like looking at it. And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty significant glance. The dude's going to figure it out. So he eventually, the bad guy actually goes and digs through the med kit and it's not there. And you're like, oh, they hit it. They hit it. Oh, this is going to be good. And um, they end up, we end up finding it at the end of the episode when Dr. Scott gets back on the ship. The ship's retaken over. Great, great, great sequence of them taking over the ship. Really well done. I love everything. I love the military aspect of it. I like how really militant it feels. I like how well done it is. Um, like I said, the thing that bummed me out about this particular episode was Granger death as well as the death of the rebel commander who helped uh chandler take over granger's facility in atlanta because i felt like he was a really strong and intriguing character and it was the whole the enemy of the my enemy is my friend kind of thing but i would have liked to have seen them go from the enemy of my enemy is my friend to okay well now my enemy's dead and now you're no longer my friend. So now we're enemies again. Um, but that kind of rebel storyline since the main guy died has been, uh, spoiler alert, he gets killed. Um, now that kind of has fizzled out. So the main bad guy coming up this season are those individuals who are immune to the virus. 
and they call themselves the chosen and they've kind of created this cult, which it's like I said, it's really funny watching 12 monkeys right now (laughs) because I'm seeing these parallels and I'm like, okay, so this is what happens now. And 12 monkeys is what happens in the future. And they're actually in the same universe, (laughs) except for in this universe in the last ship, we do have a cure and it's not just a vaccine against the, the virus. It's an actual cure. So they can fix people who are already sick. Um, so I, 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 I'm not skeptical. I think the show's amazing. I trust the writers. I trust the producers. I love the, I, I love everything about this show. I know that they're going to do really well, um, with the, the storyline with these immune chosen folks. Um, but I, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I'm curious how the flow is going to go. We had a kind of a, you know, a game plan in season one was find the cure. That's great. They found the cure. They came to the shore to give you know to to manufacture and release the cure so that kind of like uh end game storyline they've they've fulfilled that storyline so i don't know what the end game is for the next season with the exception of them finding their family and distributing the cure so i'm 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 really excited to see where it goes it's a phenomenal show it's an absolute great show for the summer um Premiere was amazing. I really enjoyed it. I love the cast. Uh, it's just a really phenomenal show and tackles a lot of those moral and ethical questions that I really hope that you guys will watch so we can talk about. Because I would have loved to talk about Granger's decision to kill herself and whether the decision, because you, you think about the kind of world that she was in when the world's dying and the government no longer exists and she is literally the highest government ranking official. And she says, look, I only have the resources to save so many people. She's like, I can't save the world. I have to save the people who I think can best contribute to the future of society so we can rebuild the world. Um, And you, you, you know, you kind of see it from your point of view, from her point of view, the whole entire actually killing everybody else and burning them for fuel thing is kind of where you're like, "Mm, I don't like you anymore. So it's uh, it's a great show. I really hope that you guys watch it uh, so we can talk about it. Please, 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 please watch it. And if you're already watching <laughs> it, more, tweet me because I love talking about the show. <laughs> and they're going to be at Comic-Con. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um, all and right. scene. Oh. And scene. Um, we're going to get on to Halt and Catch Fire, Ooh. a show we've been wanting to talk about. Oh, wait. Halt. Casey said Halt. And Catch Fire. And Catch Fire. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um... You know, see, season two started. We're four episodes in, warm. and this show has just gotten better. Uh, you know, the, the one of the things uh, that I loved about season two is how it's the, the way they're running with the stories in the with the characters and with their separate arcs. Um, I think really speaks to the first season because if for season one hadn't set up these characters so well mm-hmm. and and uh, let them on the path they're on now, I don't think it would work as well as it is right now with right. with how you know Cameron's doing uh, got mutiny going with her startup. Donna's helping her. You got um, you got Gordon who uh, who took a severance from Cardiff being. He got blown up, blown up. He got paid, uh, and and you know he's kind of just kind of hanging out, tinkering around in his garage, trying to find his next thing. And then you got Gordon, who who is uh, Gordon or Joe? Joe, sorry, Joe. Hey. You got Joe, who uh, he can work himself. in the basement. He still got this swag air about him. <laughs> hashtag uh, it swag. Hashtag swag. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like you can get. He could have been working in as a garbage man, and he'd somehow he'd somehow make it look up. good. I mean, yeah. that's just. I mean, um, and, and that's just good. like that's just that's just what's his name? What's his, what's the Lee Pace? Yeah, Lee just Pace. This, yeah. That guy is so good. He's my dude, man. 
That's man. my bro like, right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's Ronan. That, that guy's just awesome. But <laughs> that I mean, he does. He does. He that's does. Ronan. Exactly. That bought me with Ronan. Like that's so weird. Like, he does such a fantastic job as as Joe's character. But you know, he's you know, whereas everyone else is kind of doing their own thing. They're they're you know, like it's Gordon's finding his way, but he has an idea. Uh, Don, Donna and and Cameron um have an idea of where they're going and with their startup. Joe's still kind of, kind of fighting his way, and he's he's not. He hasn't found his like place. In yeah, the he world. hasn't found his place, and part of that is because of what happened with Giant and Cardiff and trying to launch and that supercomputer yeah. and, and his yeah fallout with Cameron. Uh, now he's dating somebody else, and he's more than just dating. Well, no, they're engaged. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I should say. Well, uh, whoa, sorry, whoa, sorry, whoa, Case. Whoa. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Kizzy just finished whoa, season one. Joe so yeah, is engaged. Hey, uh, at about three o'clock last night. <laughs> So, so I have to ask. I have to ask. How much does the app ask? Who, has a how much? Hi, I ask. Has to ask. ask. <laughs> Hashtag uh, ask. Um, ask. How much does the app ask. to fuck up their shit? Well, that's the thing. Is is at the end of the first season, like the the Apple II launched, and it just like bye bye giant, bye like bye done. everything they worked yeah, for, giant pro, everything that Joe like Joe had a vision, mm-hmm. and Macintosh was like, oh, that's what we're gonna See, do. I thought that was hilarious. That the whole <laughs> show was just like, we're gonna make this product. It's gonna be better, and everyone's like working on it, like yeah, have the new BIOS, put it in. It's gonna be revolutionary. It's gonna be interactive. They're like, whoa, that's incredible. We've made it smaller, faster, cheaper. They even go to the thing. They blow their competition away, right, even though right. they had to compromise. And then it's like at the very end, oh yeah, no, Apple is 15 years ahead of you guys. <laughs> okay, do you guys remember this that whole first Apple, season? Yeah. That you, this whole first season that you've been watching? Yeah, it's the same as in real life. Apple just fucking destroys the Murders competition. It, yeah, that's it. In- and, and that's exactly what it is, and that's why they Cardiff really mentioned it, though. They, they yeah. didn't. They didn't mention it. But I mean, I mean, them getting their severance pay and 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 getting the money that they that they uh, get from the Cardiff, you know, right? Buy or whatever buyout, happens yeah. with them. Um, mm-hmm. That that kind of that kind of I feel like it's implied. Like you know, they, they there's no way they could compete with the Mac too. There's just yeah. no way. They're kind of out of the hardware game, so to speak. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and that sets everything up for the second season, like we said. And it's interesting to watch. Like I said, Joe kind of start from the ground floor like yeah he, he really does like you know he's he's gotten a job from his you know uh fiance's father uh, father you know but you know i know matt was watching and i said i'm still kind of interested to see where his character plays in this whole story mm-hmm. because he like you said matt he is testing yeah, he's, he's testing, testing joe um because he's giving him some free reign he's allowed him to do some things but i feel like there's a catch coming i feel like yeah. there's like a shoe the other shoe's ready to drop soon and yeah. I, I feel like it's something that joe's not going to be he's either not going to be prepared for or isn't he going to be totally pissed that he's going to have to mm-hmm. maybe comply because i mean he, you saw when it, when his manager was like trying to talk to him right. and, and tell you him gotta certain decorate things this and, duck. you gotta decorate this duck <laughs> we all have hobbies i mean joe's coming from a place where he helped build a computer. Yeah. He helped market as something that tried to move to the next he generation. Like and he this yeah. pivot, right. And then this guy's sitting over like, oh yeah, so uh, I made this duck and I bought <laughs> new, yes, and I bought the latest Tito Puente uh, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So that's my life. Uh, and Joe's like, fuck this guy. Like most, I, I'm so much better than this guy. In his face. Yeah. Yeah. So and so and Joe. so that was, you know, it's 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 funny and sad at the same yeah. time watching Joe go through this. What's so interesting about the first? Uh, if you guys haven't noticed it, we're fully caught up now yeah. in second season. Well, and oh, except it's okay. <laughs> but uh, you see, you see the changes. Like, like you go back and you watch season one, you can see the the changes between all these characters. You have um, even like 
Cameron, in, I guess, in the first episode, she was still kind of her renegade self, running mutiny yeah. as she wants, and no mm-hmm. rules. Yep. Uh, pizza boxes everywhere. It's like a freaking soda dumb, everywhere. Is it's, it's pretty bad. I'm like, how do people live like that? I'm not clean, but I'm not awful. I ain't like clean. That. Anyway, uh, but then like you see like in season or like episode two when they when they bring in um I keep forgetting his name Bosworth Bosworth. It's like help me run the company. I want to yeah. be better. I need to. This needs to be better. Like I can't let Donna just be the mom, as Donna said it. Yeah. So. You see, you see an immediate change with Cam, like a shift in perspective, like saying, if I'm going to run this company, it's going to be mine. Um, it has to be done right. It can't just be done my way. Because, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, the house almost burned down or something like that, yeah. essentially. So, uh, And then you see, um, like Gordon, you know, dealing with early retirement. And then you see, you know, then fucking up everything. Yeah. <laughs> that Gordon normally oh, does. Yeah. And, um then you see, like, you know, Donna, you know, really becoming herself and, like, how she feels comfortable in the company. And then you see Bother going, getting back in the game. But most importantly, you see Joe kind of, like, he wants to change. There, there's a there's a want to change. You know, mm-hmm. that's why he's, you know, marrying, uh, I forgot her name. Yeah, I remember. The, the girl. And, but he's still scheming. That's the thing. What I like so much about his character, he has so much, like, personal change behind him. But... He's still scheming. He's still finding a way for him to get back and like you know at the top. So, you know now it's with the whole uh, uh, what is it time timeshare? Like they're they're oh what he's doing at he's pimping job. out their servers yeah. essentially. So like on the download on the, too. On the, totally download. on the download. They're behind the father's back. So I'm interested to see how that works out. Well, and, it's funny yeah. because just because I know Casey doesn't know, but um, he's he, where he works. Like the next room over has all Server. these computers mm-hmm. that don't get touched. After work hours and on the weekends, it, it oh, so fires it rins, up immediately at nine. It's not a continuous. It's not on all the time. Like so he rinses them out. Yeah, he rinse them yeah. Out. So so that's basically his end game for that. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting to see where that's going. I I, I wanted to just add how Donna has still been like still my favorite character. Um. Even going yeah. back to last season, and yeah. I really love what the writers have done with her character. How she's just how she really went from just being like. The mom who was a secretary at work to the voice of reason. The voice of reason, and somebody who is just really she's like the smartest one in the whole cast. Like she really she, is. She she is, and you know she brings Cameron back down to earth. And and really, when one of the biggest problems with Cameron, I would think in the first season was she didn't have Joe or Gordon to to bring her back down to earth. Yeah, they, they were all yelling at each other. They're mm-hmm. all such strong-minded people, and you know they all know what they want, and they're all very good at what they do. So when you have three. Uh, you have three personalities come together like that. Yeah. It's gonna be like you know, it's gonna be like heads against wall. Nothing's gonna get through. It's, right. it's gonna be constantly like that. So that's why I love Donna because she is so good at breaking that mold and separating everyone, putting their proper corners, and saying, okay, this is how it's gonna happen. We have to do it this way, or it's not gonna work at all. And yeah. and, and she's done just a, a very good job of that with Cameron and and, and working on mutiny and trying to get it going. Um, I did want to say though, there was a character. Uh, on the show, um, if you go back to the, I think, the first three episodes, there's a character who looks very much like Gilfoyle in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And yes. He you does. know what I'm talking about. I and I wanted, about I, I wanted to throw a picture of him and be like, so is AMC and HBO ever going to address that there might be a connection? <laughs> because dad. it's like it's like 30, 40 years before Silicon Valley. So there can actually be a it's, connection there. It's the hair. 
It's the hair, it's the glasses. The, glasses. the monotone. Dude, yeah. it looks just like, I was like, that's like Guilfoyle's like relative of some some yeah. kind. Uncle, dad. Some grandma, uncle or dad something. or something like that. But I was just, it cracked me up when that's I saw it. I was funny. like, that's that's like a Guilfoyle relative. <laughs> this is what people who work with computers look like. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no matter what, like, decade. Potentially words from Satan also. But that's <laughs> Oh man, but um, but yeah, I, I wanted to see. I wanted to get that. What out. is the end goal for all of the characters in the second season? Because the show's name is Halt and Catch Fire, which is mm -hmm. a program that means all of the programs in one system fight for control of the the, right. of the CPU, and and it doesn't stop until one program has been issued the most important, and it wins out against all the other queries. That we uh, didn't explain last year, I think, or last season when we covered it. Well, it, no. it explains it in the first episode, so okay. uh, you're you're fine. Just watch the title sequence. Yeah, and that's all it is. But uh, but it's it's an analogy to the show itself, where you have all these really strong people mm -hmm. fighting for control of one thing. And it sounds like in season two, they all go out and do their another like pretty much separate. their own yeah. their own thing. So is there one goal that they're all trying to get back to, or are they all just separated completely now? It seems like there are two different like kind of like businesses, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Last year was all about Cardiff, yeah, and its success with the giant. This year, it's like. Uh, Donna and Cameron, how are they handling um, mutiny. mutiny? And then Joe, and he brings on Gordon this last episode mm -hmm. as an engineer to set up these the T1 lines. Because yeah. it's so fast. Like the Blazing Terminator? Fast. Like the T1? No, no, no. Like the, the internet connection. Oh, I totally thought Terminator there. <laughs> yeah, no, not the T1. <laughs> I, get, I don't know. It could be the 80s. Anyway. Um, so they're, yeah, like, now Gordon's kind of with this whole like underground pimping out their, my servers scene mm -hmm. with Joe and it's like but now there's also the extra level of uh, is Mutiny gonna jump on and use their servers at a discounted rate because yeah. you know Gordon fucked everything up mm -hmm. so it's the way I'm saying sorry so it's now if there's like they're, they're almost trying to figure out who's gonna win it out between two companies instead of just one like is Mutiny gonna be enveloped? Uh, like, is is Mutiny gonna just go down with Joe's plan because somehow that messes up? So, instead of being all focused in one like uh, office, so to speak, now it's like two two things are at stake now. So it's it's pretty cool. I like it. Like yeah, I will it. continue watching. And it. acting yeah, is top notch as it usual. It's so as good. Always, I mean, that's always. like I said, like I said to start. You know, the first, the the second season has been really, really good, really strong. Um, and like I said, it's a credit to the first season how it set everything up going forward. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's no like uh, I remember one of the things we we talked about the first season is how uh, it was a it was a slow burn and it it, it, it picked up and it got it was really yeah. good. This one isn't a, a slow burn at all. It's just boom, 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 and, and that's what I really like it about it. It's officially so. caught fire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. There's no need to set up character no. arcs because mm -mm. now we're all familiar. So exactly. no need to halt. No. No. <laughs> Catching fire. So uh I'm trying so to try that joke one more time. <laughs> <laughs> show, <laughs> the show on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so that's gonna do our for our Normally for our that's uh, yours. That's, yeah. yours, but, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna get to it for the halt and catch fire talk. Well we'll be talking about it for sure. This this show's been really, really good. We'll get going on it. Um I really quickly want to talk about ballers this week. The gang? The yeah, the gang. Okay. Exactly. San Andreas, nice. We're talking about a show that I'm not Shut even up. watching right now. <laughs> you have to you have to watch it, Andy. It's really good. Um but I ballers hey, I don't I don't have to do any you're not to bother me. <laughs> um but Ballers premiered this week on HBO, and it stars The Rock as a former player who's turned turn almost – I don't know if he's – I'm a little unclear mm. on if he's an agent or if he's a financial Dwayne Johnson. advisor. He's back Dwayne Johnson, he's so hot right now. <laughs> that Dwayne Johnson. He can do no wrong. He's he the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, if Chris Pratt is the Harrison Ford of our day, of now, 
uh, then uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is the, is Schwarzenegger. the Arnold Schwarzenegger this generation. <laughs> well, well, or C- movie. CGI Arnold Schwarzenegger will be the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> oh. <of> this generation. <laughs> I keep forgetting yes, okay, that there's going to be a followers. shot. I keep thinking there's going to be a shot in a damn film where he is all CGI. It's going to yep. be so weird. Yeah, that's that's coming. That's It's going to be very interesting. Um, but just real quickly to Ballers, I, I found it to be a very good show. I, I uh, had read somewhere that um, some of the, the people who were behind Entourage are, uh, are, are making uh, Ballers, which makes total sense because – I, I mean, I, I watched the whole Entourage series, and I definitely got that vibe from Ballers. Um, it's exciting. It's fast-paced. Um, I like, uh, you know, the, the Rock is – I feel like he's become a very uh, – a better actor as he's gotten – over the years, he's gotten better. Uh, and he certainly displays that uh, in this in this uh, show, at least in the pilot. Um, I thought it was fun. It was exciting. It kind of shows you the glitz and glam um, of you know behind the scenes of, of these sports players who are trying to get deals or maybe maybe are talented and you know you hear these stories all the time in, in just in, in uh, our regular life where a really talented player uh, screws up and he gets cut from his team after he signed a huge contract. It happens all the time. And so this is what they're they're trying to show um, on Ballers is the behind the scenes of all this and how that's handled. And and I really enjoyed it. Um, actually, su- surprisingly, Rob Corddry's on it. Um, I'm, I'm Everyone's so used to seeing him in, in comedic roles and, and, and definitely more straight, goofy comedy type of characters. Um, and this one, he's he is definitely kind of a goof, but he's more serious. He's like he's like uh, he's a rock's boss, and and he certainly shows uh, his his uh, acting uh, range because he th- I feel like he's done a, a pretty good job uh, just in this first episode, and I'm excited to see um, how his character is handled for the rest of the season. You know, this will probably be like an eight to ten episode run. So, like we've talked about earlier with uh, shows that run very that don't run very long, uh, you you have very room, little room for error. So. Um, I thought Ballers was really good. I think it's, you know, if, if you liked Entourage, you like that sort of show um, where it shows behind the scenes of the glitz and the glamour, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and it's got the, the fun sports element. And also, um, the NFL doesn't always let their logo get uh, used by uh, movies and, and, and shows very often. I think, the, I think um, Draft Day with Kevin Costner was one of the few times I've ever seen actual pro teams logos used and so I think that's kind of cool that that they're actually letting their brand be seen in a movie or TV show especially with Ballers on HBO which has been really cool so um, I just wanted to quick my give my quick review on it I think it's, it's really good it's a nice little break away from True Detective Yes. Oh, question. you. Oh, Casey has a question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you ever aspire to be a baller, a shot caller? Maybe. I, uh, I will say this. Would you sometimes say that you're too short? <laughs> uh, do you ever stand above your car while it's still? <laughs> I'm trying to think of more lyrics of down the street. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> do you? Do you uh, well, you already have a girl, and yeah. she does call you. Exactly. That's true. Right, so you're That's true. Okay, you you're go. like one. For four. I, I will say this though. Like, I think I told you guys. Like, you know, I'm going to school and stuff to be in the public relations. Mm-hmm. If I ever become like a really like high PR rep, like, I'm going to dress like the Rock doesn't ballers. That dude is the man. The suit game is real, dude. Suit game is off the charts. I'm not dressed like Joe. <laughs> Just like just always <laughs> just always yeah. be a yes. A suit. Always. Just like Joe or the Rock. This guy's yeah. like those guys. Suits are on point. Suit games are on point. Um, so yeah, that's gonna do it for my uh, talk of ballers this week. We're going to get now into uh, 
the 50th episode of Classic Movie TV. Oh, nice. Wait, we've been doing this since day one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Redactions. Redactions. Check it for next week. Yeah. Um, hey, Andy, so I'm do you have sure. do you have a... Whoa, 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 whoa. I wanted to do one oh, thing wait, wait. Hold on. where uh, we haven't had this happen yet, but I want us to eventually have two people who pick the same one. <laughs> so I say on the count of three, we should all say what our classic movie oh, hold on, is. Hold on, hold on. I got to think. I... Oh, you guys don't have yours. <laughs> I do. Oh, I do. I do. No. Oh, okay. oh, oh, I, I, do, have right. I do have one. I do have one. I do have one. I'm the name. Damn I'm the name. It. I was. I thought I was so close there. I thought I was so close there to getting you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to pull up like, oh, okay. the actors listed. Okay. So, okay, on on Andy, do you have one? I don't have a classic one, but I have a show that I that I've been binge watching for the past few weeks. Okay, okay so on the on the count of three, we'll we'll it's all, be a little we'll all say what it is. It's fine. It'll just, uh, we'll fix it in post. It'll be fine. <laughs> all right, one, two, three. They're just friends. Modern Family. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I had high hopes. Brought to you by Fail. Okay. All right, Polo, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, go, go ahead, Andy. All right, tell, Andy, tell go ahead. This. Oh, uh, I have to give it a reason. Um, no, I am. Um, I've been watching Modern Family on Netflix uh, for the past couple of weeks, and it's. Um, I, I I just got into a few episodes like on TV, and then I was like, hey, I'm gonna give this a go, a go. And they were. It's so fucking hilarious. Uh, it's, you know, you don't know how much I've been quoting that show for the past few weeks. <laughs> um, like especially Gloria Sofia Vergara's character because she's awesome. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a very smart, writtenly show. Yeah, yeah I, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately online about like what what the next Seinfeld is going to be. Where a lot of people are saying the next Seinfeld is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I think another running for a, a sitcom like that would be would be Modern Family, just because it is so consistently clever in everything that they do. It doesn't quite have the same like like anti-hero setup it's more about well a modern family but but it is very it is very funny and it always it never fails to make me laugh cool yeah all right uh casey oh uh so i watched marco polo last night uh no marco polo jokes i was kind of confused like he maybe he was like lost at one point <laughs> and then he's like marco and he's like Pope. casey <laughs> but it didn't happen i was very sad and, Missed opportunity. Uh, yeah, I man, but I mean, I I've only seen the first episode, so maybe I still have hope. Um, it's very good. Uh, it's about a, a time period that we don't ever really know mm -hmm. much about, which like uh, it's about an Italian during the Renaissance in con con country, if you'll pardon the in con country. Yeah, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, normally you only see like the Renaissance area of Italy or maybe right. China, but you never see like this rural. What's happening on the outskirts? Planes. Yeah, yeah. What's happening on the outs outskirts? So uh, it's a nice, nice little look at at a at a piece of history we don't normally get to see much of, and it's very well done. Marco Polo is almost like a superhero in the sense that he can tell a story so well, and that's why he's alive. <laughs> that is your that's, super. His superpower that, is being a very good storyteller. Yes, that's has, awesome. That uh, that's, that's how clever. I see that's how I see the show, and uh, Netflix it continues to impress me with everything that they put out. So nice. Yeah, I heard the the set design wardrobe is all like oh, really yeah. like really high budget like it's, black sales almost like that yeah cool it's really incredible and uh the main guy who plays not uh not not genghis khan genghis khan's grandson uh Ku, Ku Gangnam's time <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh it's uh, uh koopa koopa khan 
Cooper Con? Cooper Con? Cooper Cobra? Yes. That's what it is. Chimichanga? Oh, it's Donkey Con. That's what it is. Oh, that's what it is. Mario Kart. But I've never seen him in anything else before, at least like not that I can remember, but he is a fantastic actor and he plays the part very well. Anyway, Marco Polo. Cool. Awesome. Benji on Netflix. It's Quick great. tangent, just two sentences. Okay. Put it, jar. Okay. Jar. Uh, boom. Nailed it. Uh, TNT boom. When you every time you see um, what the hell is his name? Adam uh, West. from from uh, from uh, Pixels now. Sandler. Adam Sandler. Right. He says Donkey Kong. I didn't think he could ruin Donkey Kong for me. <laughs> now I feel like it's ruined. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Well, they're just barrels. <laughs> go on. Go on Twitter. Whatever. Uh, flame me for that. But he ruined Donkey <laughs> Kong. Anyway, my pick is called They Came Together. What's with that? Amy Poehler and um, Paul Rudd, it's on Netflix now. Is that but good? it came out. It's super funny. Um, it's it's a pretty much a parody of uh, rom coms, romantic comedies. Nice. And it's yeah, starring Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler it has all their NBC friends on there. Oh, good. And uh, it's pretty much like a story of a uh, a double date and one. Um, uh, Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, they're uh, they're retelling of how they met. And they said it's like one of those romantic comedy stories, but it it was real. So it's almost like self-referential <laughs> that they are parodying it. So it's pretty funny. Um, definitely check it out on Netflix. Um, I yeah, I, I, I blast. Nice, nice. Um, my pick is uh, we were watching last night Just Friends. Oh yeah, uh, man, that movie is so funny. Uh, it's with Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris. Uh, it's Amy Smart. Amy Smart, yes, Amy Smart. Forgot about her, uh, and uh, it's 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 such a good it's such a good movie because um, it it's uh, should I describe what it's about or just yeah I mean uh, so it's about this guy who grew up um, with this girl as his best friend and he was always in the friend zone and so after high school he was really embarrassed by something that happened to him so he ran away and he ran off to become this like. Become Ryan Reynolds as yeah. an agent in Hollywood. He became Ryan, he became Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds yeah. as an agent, uh, music agent, or whatever in in in, uh, in Hollywood. And, yeah. and so uh, while he taking, lost like a ton of weight, he lost yeah, like, yeah, he used to be a shape, big guy. Yeah. And now he's super in shape and and like dates models. And so he's got this like air about him, you know. And yeah. and so on a trip, he's taking uh, this uh, this singer who's played by Anna Ferris, who's freaking hilarious in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, I'm expecting nothing but hilarious babies from Chris Pratt and Anna Faris. <laughs> uh, but on a on a trip there, God. So I, I gotta say, I gotta tell this uh, what happened. So she's heating up food in the plane, right? <laughs> and she heats up food in her foil in the microwave. Mm. <laughs> so well. that brings the plane down, and <laughs> and it's so funny because the the cops are there and the firefighters are there, and and they're like, who put foil in the microwave? And she's like. I didn't know. I'm just the talent. She's like, wait a second. Am I getting punked? Ashton. So, <laughs> so not only did oh it, my it really dated itself. Oh, man. it totally dated itself. She but she, told, she mentioned punked. Where's Ashton? Oh, that was just. But I mean, Anna, Anna, Anna Ferris is just so hilarious in this movie. But, you know, basically he, re he rekindles a friendship with Amy Smart's character who, um, who was like the friend zone girl. Yeah. Uh, and and long story short, uh, they uh, it's just about him trying to to win her over and find the right person he should be around her. And yeah. it's a, it's a really really funny movie, um, filled with a ton of laughs. You should definitely check it out. Um, so that is gonna do it for our fiftieth episode. Holy shit, man! We're old, man. <laughs> 50, man. I'm 50. Looking forward to retiring soon. <laughs> I think we should collectively buy a motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, 
that's our next. You don't want to get into a convertible and ride off nah. in the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm but, happy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know Shout what? Out to um, our arrow. <laughs> Not I do want to say thank you to everyone that's been a part of the show. You know, we, you know, like we said, the thank you to Andy earlier, and thank you to Amy and and Lauren and everyone that's been a part of the yeah, show. John and, and, from Friday Night Fandom. Yeah. Uh, Rose. Rose. CC from Echo Comcast. Rose, Rose from Lily. Lily. Lily, 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 Lily from, Miranda from Lily uh, from Twitter. From Twitter. <laughs> from Florida. <laughs> yeah. We're sorry, Lily, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> man. It's been it's been a fun ride, and you know we're just getting started. Like oh, yeah. Henry, Henry as well. Henry, and Henry, Henry, yeah. Henry, Henry Geek Speak Show. Yeah, he yeah. really helped us out in the very beginning. Angel and, and Angel, Mr. Angel, Mr. Angel, Angel, who hates us now again. <laughs> she just forgot it. She forgave us, and now she hates us again. Yep. <laughs> Um, you know, it's it, everyone that has been on the show, or you know, has been instrumental in some way with with us, and, and it's been really fun, and and we look forward to a lot more episodes and yeah. a lot more guests coming on, and and so much more of our crazy shenanigans and and running off the rails every episode like we always do because that's what we do, that's our thing. We have a good time. We talk about uh, our favorite shows and movies, but then um, we might just we might run up on tangents as Amy Amy likes Tangent to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. So that is going to do it. Um, Andy, why don't you plug all your stuff and let everyone know where they can find you? Um, sorry, I blacked out. Can you say that question one more time? <laughs> uh, Twitter and what podcasts you're on. Um, Twitter is a social media app yes. that people use. It to, oh, you, oh, you want me to plug? <laughs> wow, I really, I really zoned out there. Uh, you can find me along with Lauren and Amy as well as my fellow uh, co-host Scott Murray over at theflashpodcast.com and uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Stitcher Radio and iTunes all under The Flash Podcast. If you want to find other great DCTV podcasts that covers you know, Arrow and Gotham and uh, Supergirl and Little Tomorrow uh, I would recommend to head over to dctvpodcast.com where you can sh- find great shows sh- such as Quiver, Green Arrow Podcast The Flash Podcast Supergirl Radio, Letters of Gotham, and Letters of Tomorrow podcast. And uh, yeah, it's the same thing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, all under DST podcast. We're working on getting up on Stitcher Radio. And um, let's see, what what other things can I promote myself at while I'm at it? Um, I also do work for TVOvermind.com. I will be going, uh, once again, as press to, to San Diego Comic-Con, covering some stuff. So you can follow TV Overmind on Twitter, and you can follow my personal account at Andy Babact if you want to hear me bitching, you know, <laughs> make 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 fun out of stuff and uh, no i'm 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 usually pretty nice it's on my facebook page where i'm pretty nasty but uh, <laughs> but that's pretty li- that's limited to most public so um no i'm kidding i'm an angel i'm a, i'm a, i'm a divine i'm delightful sort of ish <laughs> well th- thank you very much for that andy um and okay, then no, you know, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and amy had to leave early but you can find her um at amy marie uh amy underscore amy underscore marie Ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Okay, she's gonna hear that. And you can like, find what? her. You can you can find her podcasting with uh, with Scott Murray and uh, and Jeff McGee and all the other great podcasts they had over at assemblygeeks.com. Yes, um, Casey. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure either at first. <laughs> Yo, what's up, dog? Oh, what can God. I help you with? What's oh up, my dog? God. Uh, uh, yeah, Twitter. Twitter. Be a blast. Uh, I don't go on it much, and when I do, uh, you only favorite and like stuff related to us. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not entirely wrong. Hashtag uh, call out. Uh, 
Uh, on Instagram, I take pictures. You can follow me at Facey Cranko. Uh, and on Snapchat, uh, I don't know if you want to follow my day-to-day life. I don't know why you would. What is but Snapchat? If, if you want, it, I think we've we've explained this before. It's like <laughs> it's like Facebook meets Instagram meets impermanence meets way too much information, <laughs> and they just kind of have a love child. So you can follow me on that at L Shades of Franco. Pretty good. Uh, and that's about it. That was yeah. pretty good. Um, all right, uh, Matt. Find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'd have uh, at I'm Salzy. Hey, I'm S A L Z Y. Hey, Ayo. All right, and you can find me at Peace and Pete on, tw- on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Cena Nerd on uh, Facebook, Cena Nerd. Uh, you can find us at CenaNerd.com. You can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, and then we have an Instagram too at Cedar Nerd. So uh, you can follow us. Uh, yeah, Gmail. You can want to email us. You want to leave us a, a longer comment than 140 characters. You can do that with email. Scene letter n nerd at gmail As of right now, we're not sure uh, how next week's show's gonna go. So just keep uh, following us on our timeline. We'll let you know how it's gonna go next week. And then in two weeks we have Comic Con. And Woo. I'll actually be there. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to handle the show for Woo. that week. So um, stay tuned, but we'll let you know. Uh, till next next episode. Yeah, till, till, next. till next episode and then every 50 episodes yeah. after that. <laughs> um, there's a lot of TV. There's no reason for you to miss it. You have a DVR, use it. Bye, 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 bye. Facebook. Man, them seen the nerd boys really found themselves in a heap of trouble this time. <laughs> Don't know how they're gonna get out of this one. I've been waiting for two hours to do this. Oh, oh yeah, get that burrito. Oh, get in there nice and deep like. <laughs> Forgot to mention, oh, if you guys are keeping score, uh, the guys did not finish their burritos. They were that uh, good. Who are you talking to? There's only three of us here. <laughs> I said that's what I'm I wanted to say. That's score. what I wanted to say. <laughs> Three signed off, it doesn't count. Oh, man. Dude, this burrito's huge.